You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Huh? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? We kicked its ass. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of the Film Feast podcast. I am your host, Matt Bledsoe. Uh, this week, we are talking about the Book of Eli from 2010. Uh, tell me, talk about it. I'm happy joined by two great guests. Uh, first up is a man who was actually just here last week, and I'm happy to have him back again uh, because he really is the unofficial co-host of the show at this point. Uh, James Content. James, how you doing? <laughs> Hello, Matt. Uh, I'm doing great. I don't know if you just heard my child go wild out there in the background but i could hear it in my earphones i don't know how much of that cuts through the mic i never you know know but anyway uh it's great to be back yes we just talked last week that's going to come out what tomorrow that's tomorrow, tomorrow must recording this yeah a week at a week before this yeah so yeah uh, surprise are you going to say what it's about or should we keep that secret well people know. would already know that's <laughs> <laughs> hey, I forget how time works, buddy. Hey, I'm old, okay? I forget. Yeah, they, I don't know why. I, I was dancing around too, but they know what it is. It's Scott Pilgrim versus the yeah. world. Um, yeah. But, uh, well, I, I didn't hear That's your daughter fine. at all. She's like the the unofficial other co-host because she always pops up when you're recording. Yeah. So um, yeah, She does. She likes to but, yeah. say hello. Uh, but yes, happy to be back with Scott Pilgrim. But also, um, we're excited to be joined by first-time guest of the show, but I'm, you probably heard him on some other podcasts recently, like Shock and Awe. The real early podcast and action for everyone. Uh, it's Max Deering. Max, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, it is. Uh, it's about to be eight thirty. Um, <laughs> as I said off mic, I've got some whiskey and some ginger ale. Um, but it's Sunday, so I can't go too crazy. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, I. You told me you were drinking. I was like, I should have poured a drink. I was like, it's two in the afternoon, but it could still work. I think it's fine. Well, it's Sunday. Hey. Y'all say Sunday. For me, Sunday is still like I, I have a four day weekend every weekend because I'm like Friday. Mm, no, Thursday night. I start partying and Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm still partying Sunday night because Monday, you know, it's like Friday and Monday for me at work. Those are like, no, I'm not counting those as real work days anymore. It must I just be can't nice, it. James. It must be nice. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm just saying mentally, obviously, you know, I, I mean, I, I technically still don't work on Mondays either because the post isn't on Mondays, but like still got other stuff to do so that's not right. to no, no. risk no, I, a hangover yeah, yeah. even though i still don't get hangovers <laughs> yes yeah i i'm not i'm not like trying to suggest you should get like hammered i'm just saying sure. <laughs> well too late i'm gonna go pour myself a drink no uh okay, no but I, it. well it's funny because money and fries are kind of easier for me too because it's the two yeah. days i work at home i'm actually in the office tuesday wednesday thursday so monday and fridays do feel a little a little mm. different. I can party a little more uh so uh but you know sunday i still get the like the Sunday scaries, I guess they call them, you know, yeah. like, you it know. feels like school start the next day. I right. know. The yeah. Sunday sadness. I, I, it does for me too, even though, yeah, I mean, I work from home, but yeah, it does like, it, I know that I'm going to start getting those emails and it's just going to be, you know, that's when the nightmare begins, but I still try to like <laughs> the nightmare begins again. It doesn't really every start Monday. till Tuesday. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I try to push it off till Tuesday. I'm like, we'll right. deal with it on Tuesday. Monday yeah. is not for doing anything actual. Mondays uh, for reading them all. Tuesdays for replying to them. Yeah. All. <laughs> just trying to get, just trying to make it through Monday. You know, just trying to make it through. Um, but yeah, it's very excited to have you both here. Talk about Book of Eli, uh, a movie I had not watched in many years. Uh, like I don't remember the last time I watched it. But um, but before we do all that, I'm going to jump in what we usually do. Talk about stuff we've seen lately, and I will let James go first. Any movies you watch? You want to talk about James? Oh shoot, you went with me first. I wasn't even almost ready. I was like, let me pull up my letterbox. I didn't want to throw you an know, accent right in, but yeah, I was, no, I no, was the last. So, well, and yeah, that, that that's totally fine. I just, you know, we talk about our memory. I couldn't tell you what I watched two days ago. You know, like uh, I, I'll just say that I just rewatched Happy Gilmore because, sadly, you know, we just had the passing of uh, Carl oh. Weathers. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and I know everyone was like, it was such a huge thing, right? Like, I was so surprised. I'm not, not surprised, but like, you know, it was just the outpouring, you know, we saw online was just, it felt like a, more than I had seen even for some people who I would quote unquote, feel like are bigger stars. Yeah. But man, and I think that just goes to show like I, I think how the amazing way that, he was. Yeah. Like, I think the way somebody described it is like he was both underrated, but also like everybody knew him. Right. Um, yeah. And that's kind of, I feel like that's like the perfect way because like he, he was always, whenever he showed up, he didn't show up a lot, but when he did show up, he was great. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. And like, even though I know um, a lot of people that they, they were rewatching Creed, he's not even in those films exactly. outside of archival footage. And I, I'm still yep. talking about the first movie, but he's not even in those films, but his presence looms so large in it. Like it's, they almost feel like it is his movie it, or at least he's, he's in the DNA of that film. You know, that clip was being shared around in that last, that final fight with the, uh, in Creed where he's knocked out and he's just getting that, he's getting all those visions of him with his mom, him with uh, Tessa Thompson. And then there's that, just that brief, that brief click of, um, of apollo creed and he's he's he's, he's jamming and jiving and he just wakes up and it's just like god just feel it you're like mm, i'm gonna good shit <laughs> yeah, i know it's two seconds it's literally two seconds that's all it took <laughs> yeah. but yeah i mean that, that's what i'm saying it was just it was nice to see like all that love i mean and uh so but again like you're saying so i i, I chose to watch happy gilmore because you know everyone was like watching movies and remembrance and whatnot and i was like I needed to laugh too, though, because it's very sad. So I was like, I can't watch something like Creed because <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. also very heavy. And it's like, yeah. I, and I would not want to watch Rocky Four right now. Be too, exactly. Too oh rocky. my god! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was. I hope nobody did that. I mean, that would just be like <laughs> torture. Yeah, but, but I feel yeah, like, like you could get away with Creed because, like, even though again he doesn't show up in it, mm -hmm. you his presence looms so large in it, and it feels like a celebration of him just as right. much as it feels like. Um, it's Adonis's Creed movie. I apologize. My uh, girlfriend's about to walk in with my dog, but uh, oh. <laughs> I've seen that before recording. <laughs> that is totally cool. Hey, more the merrier. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, I watched Happy Gilmore. Everyone knows Happy Gilmore. It's hilarious. You know, Adam Sandler. You know, I mean, I hope everyone knows Happy Gilmore. I, seen Happy Gilmore. <laughs> I hope so. What? Yeah. Oh, man. You got to do that. Oh, now. You gotta, yeah, yeah. There you gotta we go. Watch that now. You got to watch it. It's... So many. It's, there's, there's so much. So many things to watch. I, I, <laughs> there I are so many things to watch. And, but if you're in a Carl Weathers mood, he's really funny in that movie. Mm, he's very funny. To this day, I still do like, it's all in the hips. It's yep. all in the yep. <laughs> Like, I did. Uh, I did see that Arrested Development clip. And that was that was that, that was funny. Yeah. The, well, that's uh, what's so cool is he's, he put, he's so you funny. put some potatoes like, in there. You got a stucco. Yeah, you got a stucco. You don't even think of him as some like comedian, but man hilarious every time he's playing in a funny role like it's just 
<laughs> he's perfect at it. So it, <laughs> it's really good. But yeah, I, I highly recommend uh, you check out Happy Go. Oh, but depending on how much, listen, you're going to love the Carl Weathers of it, whether or not you're an Adam Sandler fan or not. Although I'll say, how could you not be an Adam Sandler fan? But you know, that's fine. Is it? It, it, it is a romantic comedy. Yes. Uh, it's it's more like a silly riff <laughs> silly on sports, sports movies, but there is but, a romance. Yeah. yeah, there's. I mean, there's. Well, a I know Sue. She well. um she does like romantic comedies, and I was listening to. I don't know if you follow them, but uh, friends over at uh, Waffle Press, they were talking <laughs> oh, about. Yeah. They did their Happy Emblem. This is from a few years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they 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 what was it? Uh, Fifty First Dates was that the yeah. one mm-hmm. with Barry with uh, Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore and yeah. Salem? Yeah. So they brought that up, and it just and they were they were ranking sort of like loosely. Hi, Suze. She's running past. Uh, they were ranking. <laughs> their, <laughs> they were ranking their favorite like Adam Sandler comedies, romantic comedies. And mm-hmm. I think outside of uh, Click, which I don't even really know if you should count that. And I've seen, <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen Little Nicky. I hadn't, essentially, I haven't really watched, uh, I think, any of his earlier romantic comedy roles or any of his earlier movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those things like I, I should crack on that. And she, and I bring Seuss up because she likes romantic comedies, um, maybe not as much as she did when she was younger, but uh, essentially I should, I should, I should crack on those. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd say a lot of his movies have a romantic link underneath them, right? Like that's not the forefront, but there is like he does have a, a romantic yeah. subplot as well in this, and always kind of does in almost every. He kind of has a movie, pattern yeah. to his movies. It's like, yeah, it's like well, yeah, and there's yeah. always some kind of like romance. It's a wedding singer. It's way more pronounced. It's more about the romance. Right. But like Happy no, Gilmore's one where it's like yeah, Happy Gilmore's way. That's kind of a lower portion of the whole thing, like right. the romance part. But uh, or just but, go yeah. with it, you know. Like some, yeah, some of them are like romantic comedy first this one's more sports comedy than romantic comedy would be the second gotcha. but but it's really Look, funny it's I good mean, yes and carl yeah. weathers is great yeah and carl yeah carl weathers is very good in it and probably the That's first true. thing i ever saw him in because i was pretty young when happy gilmore come out so i wouldn't have seen i don't think i wouldn't have seen predator yet i wouldn't have seen the rocky movies yet so how old, my first how old thing were I saw you when him. you saw happy gilmore god did it come out like 95 96 i was so it's probably like eight or nine Damn, <laughs> like, i was just born so oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> well, now I feel old. No, I uh, those early Sandler comedies still really work for me up until like uh, early, I guess early two thousand stuff. And there's still some hit or miss, but like uh, yeah, the '90s stuff I still really enjoy. But uh, but yeah, Happy Gilmore is a good one, especially if you like Carl Weathers. It's good. It's different for him too. But he's really funny. He has a whole story about how he like loses his hand to an alligator and or a crocodile. I can't remember. <laughs> like it's a very ridiculous performance. Somebody had mentioned about Carl Weathers like. One of the things that I think made him so people seem so upset is that he'd been in something big for each generation, like Rocky in the 70s mm. and then more Rocky and Predator and Axe in the 80s. And like a lot of kids my age loved Happy Gilmore and he was a big part of Happy Gilmore. And then 2000s, rest development, people love him on that. And then like recently Mandalorian, yeah. where there's like younger kids, you know, from that. So it's where like he was poised to like take off again. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they're making that movie now, and I'm sad he won't be a part of the the Mandalorian yeah. movie. And like, because he was my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the whole show was when he would pop up, you know. So just a guy, I really, I was so yeah. happy when he popped up in anything. Um, and I, yeah, and you yeah, have to James, think he was going to be a big part of that movie too. Yeah, he's a big, he's part, a big of part of the show. show and like, it's like that, that is kind of a, to James's point. It was like I was surprised at the outpouring of people who support, but it's because I, I guess he'd always kind of felt like he never got to the a level like a schwarzenegger or a stallone mm-hmm. but like he could have gotten to that level yeah he had like, he should have, have yeah, yeah he could have gotten to that it. level and it's totally. just like uh 
uh, yeah, I was surprised how much I was upset by the news. I was like, no, Carl White supposed to live to be 100 years old. And, like, he, and he was 76, <laughs> so like he he's still young. Like, right. Yeah. Especially for a I guy know it's that old, and that's what I was, yeah, I mean, I mean, very healthy. I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, 76 is like, sure, some people might say it's technically old, but it still feels young. And he, he it, seems his great. death like, felt like just know, like, on the par of who we lost, what, Lance Reddick last year? Oh, who, yeah. There was mm-hmm. another big, there was another black actor we lost last year. Um, oh, oh. Jeez, Andre Brower? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it, it's the conspiracy theories, I mean, it's like there's something in the water. Why are we killing off all our black stars? <laughs> like, what? What the hell is this? Because like the, the loss of those two, I feel like was also very immense. I mean, Lance mm-hmm. Reddick was like, he he is he was that guy. Like you see Lance Reddick pop up, and you're like, oh shit, this movie just got mm-hmm. shot up a whole nother level because he he's fucking in it. Andre Bauer, you know, I remember him uh, from The Mist. And maybe one of those bad Fantastic Four movies, but he wasn't bad. <laughs> um, but I remember him from The Mist, and then I've seen him be as funny as he was in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. It was oh, just yeah. like, holy shit, this this dude is great. Um, and robbed of that, robbed of Lance, robbed of Carl Weathers. Like I don't know what's going on. Somebody maybe, maybe has something. Maybe it's like the Last Boy Scout. I say that because I see the picture in the back, the poster in the background. <laughs> um, the last Boy Scout, they're they're killing all of our elder statesman black stars. And I don't like it. I'm not a fan. <laughs> Tony Scott wall. Oh, I, lo- yeah, I did. Yeah. I meant to say that. I do. I do love that wall. I saw Deja Vu. I see Top Gun. And I see uh, uh, Last Boy yeah. Scout, which I watched for the first time uh, back in December. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I remember you, you nice. that was yeah. damn good. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's yes. a good one. And, uh, oh, and I didn't even know well, until they recently. They don't make them like they used to. That Carl know, Weathers played. Not. In the NFL for the Raiders, yeah, like, it sounded like whatever. he was like a kind of a beloved. I don't know if he was like, like he was there long. It wasn't like a quick like it was on the practice squad. Like he was actually like playing for the Raiders, and uh, that's another thing people have an attachment to like older football fans. Like so, and he just had a crazy life, and I just yeah, I'm just so shocked because 76 is again like it is older, but people are you know living yeah. past that all the time, and he seemed healthy. That's right. the, the part I can't get over is like I'll be. They haven't said what happened yet, but I just. I'm like, he didn't seem like he was slowing down at all. He was doing, I think he has a Super Bowl commercial coming out <laughs> next weekend with like Gronk or something. Um, mm. He was in Super Bowl commercial <laughs> ads and like uh, I knew Mandalorian. So it's like, I just, I don't know. It's it's more of a shock too, because it just wasn't like, oh no, Carl Weathers is doing bad. It's like, no, he seemed like he was doing perfectly fine, but things yeah. happen suddenly. So yeah, I had just caught up on that last season of Mandalorian too. So I was, I was like, you know, I'd just been watching him. It was weird. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, so yeah, it's sad. We are, I, mean, I can say it now. I mean, because of the Carl Weathers news, we are doing a Predator episode. It should be next week. Yeah. Kind of threw together really quickly. <laughs> and uh, and I know James. You got room I, for that? <laughs> I had just, <laughs> I feel bad. I had kept it limited just to two guests because I was, I was like, but I, James and I are talking Action Jackson at some point. Mm-hmm. I, I know Mike Scott wants it on that too. Um, so I just I watched cannot... that. That was, I watched that uh, last night. No, not last night, Friday night. Friday yeah, Friday night. I watched that Friday night. That movie is so much time. fun. I, the fact that we didn't get a franchise is like ridiculous. Just... Like he's <laughs> he's more or less like the black James Bond. Like that yeah. that's almost the best way to describe it. Like before yeah. everybody fan cast yeah. he's so great in that. Like that one liner barbecue, huh? How do you mm-hmm. like your ribs? And he's, <laughs> well, like it's great. What that? Ah, oh, it it's it bumps me out. Like it really first is. time watching it, I had a blast with it. Um, but 
the fact that that didn't blow up to a franchise is absolutely insane to me. It's so yeah. much, so much fun, so much charm, charisma, badassery, you know, him jumping on the taxi and fucking uh, <laughs> threatening the dude. I actually thought mm -hmm. he was going to like throw his feet into the taxi when he jumped first, but no, he just <laughs> did the fucking flip over it. But um, yeah, no, just insane. A insane. There should be like five sequels. Action Jackson, <laughs> action harder. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Action Jackson right. goes he, to England, or I don't know. It's yeah. like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Even like the like his even the chief guy, or I don't know what he was, but like Bill Duke, you know, he's playing the oh, yeah, his lieutenant man. or whatever. Like another great like you know, it fits all these things. And you're like, man, this is awesome at doing this. Like you know, like Beverly Hills Cop type thing. You know, like he's like playing that. But Bill Duke, man, Bill Duke, even Bill Duke, and like the way he he's talking about Parcheesi and stuff to <laughs> Carl Weathers about his wife's night Parcheesi and he's ruined it and oh, it's just. Everything about that movie, man. It's so good. Uh, Craig T. Nelson. Great yeah. bad guy. Oh, great yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some hot ladies. Uh, you know. That's yeah. A lot of great it's it's <clears throat> it's like everything I could want in a movie. It's like everything <laughs> I want in an action movie. God, and then what driving is it the car uh, vice always the shares? Hot it ladies, got no hot titty dudes, and got I mean. no kung fu and got no funny. But <laughs> oh, it's yeah. got all those <laughs> it does. God, driving that car through the house at the end is like one of the best things I've ever seen yes. in a movie. <laughs> it's so insane. <laughs> Oh God, um, man! We used to be a proper country that made that yes. made real movies. <laughs> said... uh, anything else, James? Or uh, I know no, we talked well, last we'll just, week, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I like to keep it to just one. I don't want to bog people. You know, I, I rewatched Twenty Fifth Hour. Great Spike Lee movie. I hadn't seen that one in a long time. That's all I'll say. It's great. Most people already know. You know, like everyone's on fire in that. Like perfect performances across the board. I had kind I of forgotten because I hadn't seen it a while. Yeah. Oh, you haven't. I haven't. That's one. I've seen. I haven't, Spike seen Lee. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's it's great. And I've always heard it's like one of, sneakily one of his best movies. Yeah, it's like, like post nine eleven, so it's got a lot of the you know it was I think it came out in like two thousand two. Yeah. So it was mm -hmm. and it was you know it's got a lot of it's in New York. It takes place there, and it's got a lot of you know like imagery, and they're just kind of like filling the after effects of that, and it's a it's really good. I, Recommend that too, Matt. Right. <laughs> anyone, anyone oh, and it looks beautiful. It's got a great score. Sorry, I said I wasn't going to talk about another movie, but, <laughs> but man, that score, I, I, it, it is it is nice going back to watch these movies that I haven't seen in so long because I'm like, oh man, I forgot how amazing that score. I can't remember who, I think Terrence Blanchard or, yeah, but anyway, but it's, yeah, it's it's good. It's moving. <laughs> I will, least. And we'll get around to it because I, I want to see all the Spike Lee movies. I mean, he, he's made a lot of movies, um, but yeah, yes. I have. Not got around to that one yet. Uh, um, okay, uh, Max, anything you want seen you want to talk about recently? Yeah, sure. So uh, I did watch the aforementioned movie we are going to be talking about today. Um, immediately after that, I threw on, um, apparently, I haven't heard too many. I saw someone talking about it, and it got me interested. I watched Fallen um, with Denzel and John Goodman and the late James Gandolfini and Donald Sutherland. Very good. I thought it was going to be like a seven knockoff. But uh, it's maybe a bit closer to The Exodus 3, uh, where it's sort of straight-laced police procedural, but he's dealing with, like, outwardly supernatural elements. Uh, I, I, I had fun with that. That, that was really good. Um, uh, I showed Seuss Demons for the first time. Uh, I had seen it a oh, few years ago, but she had watched time. it, and she, she enjoyed it. Um, she's not... I haven't... I think maybe she's a bit uh hesitant to step into italian horror mm -hmm. because uh it, it can be real nasty real grody um, <laughs> yeah so i think that i actually think that might have been her first italian horror and she was still like gross covering her eyes but like she she had fun with it 
um, the cosmic jumbo of it all. Um, <laughs> but then she ended up leaving, and then I watched Demons Two for the first time, mm -hmm. uh, and that was that was a blast. Uh, it kind of makes me wish Evil Dead Rise, which came out last year, makes me wish that went a bit harder in its setting of demons inside in an, uh, in an apartment complex. Because mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but that they, I think they take it to the best, like, um, they take it to its maximum potential. Not as crazy as the first film with, like, the helicopter falling uh, and uh, and the gore effects. It's not nearly as gory as the first film, but it's still a solid time. Uh, people make a stand in the parking garage. Uh, it, you know what it is? It's less safe than the first film because kids get fucked up in this one. So like there's oh. possessed kids running around the apartment. Uh, kids are so yeah. I enjoyed it. That's Not funny. You saying first. all that really does sound like Evil Dead, right? That's you know, yeah. No, it is. <laughs> yeah, Evil Dead Rise is literally. So I would. I would be shocked if the director of that Lee Conan Cronin. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I think it's Lee Conan. I would be shocked if he didn't say that wasn't an influence because like it's even down to like. And if you remember in Evil Dead Rise, there was that clip of uh, Alyssa Sutherland where she's like, open up now. And she's like, you're not that whole scene where she tries mm -hmm. to get into the apartment. They do that in Demons 2, but it's reversed where the kid's trying to get in because the kid okay. is uh, um, a demon. Man, I haven't seen Demons 2. I have seen it, but it's been a long time. I don't even rem yeah. I remember more of Demons 1 because I've seen it a few more times, yeah. you know. But yep. I've only seen Demons two once. Same, but... same. I love the first Demons. I think I'd love yeah. <laughs> set in a movie theater, like all yeah. that. Like it's great. And then Demons two, I remember kind of being disappointed by. Yeah, it. that's what I was it's say, not but... as good. It's it okay. inherently it's not as good, but it's still Darker. solid. Like it's uh, like there's not as much gore. It's not as like wild with its uh set pieces, but I like that the characters are a bit stronger, or at least they they fight back more. And uh, yeah, it's it's a solid sequel. That's not that you you're not going to top the first film. Like the first film is just, yeah. it is like it's a heavy metal ride, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, so. and Evil Dead Rise. It's funny. I I feel like I can't remember Demon's Two did more with this, but I felt like it probably was a budget limitation. It was like there were so few people in the building. <laughs> Besides mm -hmm. the the family, I think they had like four other people show up, like two like yeah, younger yeah, people like and like a guy and the like there's guy. like hardly any. I remember thinking like, is anyone else in this apartment building? Yeah. <laughs> like, and I like Evil Dead Rise a lot, but I was like thinking back like that had to be a budget thing. I mean, it was going to go to HBO Max originally. And I don't think yeah. it cost very much, yeah. but I was like, it could have gotten crazier because it was so contained just to them in the apartment and like a little bit of stuff on their floor but otherwise yeah it's probably not. a budget reason and it seems like they wrote that budget reason into the like to make it like yeah seedier or like yep. this is a rundown place because there's some gnarly shit in though. evil dead rise i was yeah. i was surprised so, a lot of people, I, know, I know a lot of people i saw a few people saying like oh i thought evil dead rise wasn't very good i'm like it's a pretty nasty little movie i don't know what more you it. want <laughs> it's like, good i do think it pulls its punches back pulls its punches back a little bit and i think that's because of the kid element which on one hand, I get. On the other hand, I watch something like Demons Two and Demons Two. They they kill demon kids. They kill regular kids. I was like, you can kind of do it, but yeah, I, I I could see the argument for it. But like, I, I had I had a lot of fun with Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, but I do, do think like it it does those, pull its punches a bit. I think it's not nearly as fucked up as Evil Dead Thirteen. Yeah. Oh. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 That. Yeah. That's <laughs> one of the a real good time things I've yeah. ever seen. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. The Italians don't play around. I've noticed that from watching a lot of Italian horror. Ooh, they, do they, they do not. They do not give a shit. <laughs> like they. Yeah, and definitely an acquired taste. So we can understand, you know, her not being totally on board. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I haven't no shown her anything else. Like I think yeah. the, if I was going to show, I never thought I'd show her demons verse, but like she was in a mood, <laughs> and I was like, 
and watch demons because i saw i was listening to um this uh youtube essay series matt draper uh and he was discussing the first two demons films i'm like i've been sitting on demons too for a while and i'm like fuck it you want to watch demons she's like sure <laughs> um because i would have probably introduced her to suspiria first but uh we haven't gotten there yet yeah. Oh, yeah. but i don't i don't i don't know about italian horror yet like i'm i kind of want to but like i don't i don't know but she's already branching out on her own so that's uh she actually made the joke uh a couple days ago where she was like you know I'm searching, I'm listening, I'm watching horror movies now, you know, I caught her watching Child's Play the other day, you know, she's, she's doing stuff on her own, you know, credit, I, I have taught her, she's like, I'm I'm watching horror movies now, and now you're an action guy, and I'm like, that's not true, like, I, I like everything, like, I'm not just one job, but then I looked at my litter box, and I had, for the month of January, I logged eight action films, and I logged six horror movies, and I'm like, it's kind of neck and neck, Yeah. so, uh, but I, I know some people, those, I, I should push back a bit more. I'm not just action. I like genre. I like it all. But I maybe but I, I will admit running the Discord server, the A4E Discord server, uh it's probably rubbed off on me uh more than I care to admit, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, oh, I know. January, it's like I mean, just... there's too many movies like all the stuff they talk about. It's like I could never catch up with all this all these movies that everyone's watching. It's like, man. And and that it's funny you were talking about that too, because like I, I felt that way too at first. Like found all these action people and i was like oh i was watching a bunch of action movies and then now i've like haven't been watching any i'm like i feel like i don't even belong anymore you know it's like i can't even keep up with all these movies and it's like you're just like pounding them out left and right watching all this and i'm like i'm so far behind i have no idea what's going on anymore i like, <laughs> haven't even watched one more shot yet it's like nothing i can't keep up it's just january i, I have loose goals pain. for myself yeah. this year and i knew i know i want to start i want to start on finally watching some curious films watch his big ones obviously uh, I want to watch Planet of the Ape films before, uh, before mm, the new one comes yeah. out, and then That's I'm kind of, trying to power Seuss yeah. through the rest of the Alien films. <laughs> That's a good. I think time. I mentioned I, this on the Waffle Press podcast. I think, too, yeah, so. I, I do that like once a year. I mean, Alien Day comes around now, you know, whatever. Yep. But I, uh, yeah, I, I made my my little fake goals this year was to watch. I'm going through Spike Lee's filmography, which is why. I've rewatched 25th hour because there's a handful i haven't seen but i've seen most of them but i want to revisit them all and then I, i'm going to try to do scorsese too a couple new york guys you know just but uh we'll see how it goes i don't know <laughs> doing pretty good so far with spike lee yeah, yeah i was gonna say um that january we were spoiled with action movies there were so many action movies in january yeah. too like uh beekeeper and bricklayer and uh god the uh, badland hunters uh that yeah, i did just I watched watch that too um god there's more i'm forgetting uh, the 60 minutes thing on netflix it was like the mm -hmm. german movie i think there's like it's it's like i was like man they are jumping and one more shot of course they were just doing a lot of action movies out in january so um i can hardly keep up i keep like a running list I'm like i'm gonna try to watch some of these action movies but i you know <laughs> and it is kind of that's mostly what i watch now is action like i know people gave me shit because i made some tweet like two years ago where i was like i don't think i'm a horror guy anymore uh and i take that <laughs> back i'd watched a really bad horror movie and then i was like i don't think I, and then i was like no and then, but it, it it haunts me to this day it haunts me um but <laughs> um but yeah i don't know anything else max you want to talk about or is this the moment i can rant about alan wake 2 i'm sure <laughs> you want to have, have you guys played it i have i, I want yet. to but i have not oh god it's <laughs> it, it might as well be my whole ass new identity i'm <laughs> i i was going to wait because it came out in october and i and i saw it and i was like I was kind of iffy because the first one, like I had just stop and start with it, but I looked at the second game. And I was like, damn, that looks good. I, I fucking need that shit. But I'm like, no, 
no, wait for it to come to Steam, wait. And then Christmas came around. She's so like, do you want Alan Wake 2? And I was like, I mean, if I ain't got to pay for it, I won't say no to it. <laughs> so I started playing that in the new year. Um, and uh, it's so good. It's like, I I said this on uh, Waffle Press and Billy, Billy Jared, I, I don't know if he listens to this, if you're out there, Billy, I'm once again putting it out there. I came, I've said before, I'm not a David Lynch guy. I watched Eraserhead once, like years ago, <laughs> and it pissed me off and I fell asleep during the movie. Um, and I swore off David Lynch. He, Speak a... your truth. However, <laughs> my best friend has swore to me that Twin Peaks is the shit. Billy says Twin Peaks is the shit. Diego Waffle Press says Twin Peaks is the shit. I'm going to watch Twin Peaks. I'm going to start there. And I'm, I'm going to give him an, I'm going to give him a chance. This wraps around Alan Wake 2 because having not seen any of Twin Peaks, Alan Wake is very Twin Peaks inspired. Like just in its DNA. There's literally, if you look at one of my, one of the many screenshots I've posted on my Twitter, uh, I don't know if that is specifically up there, but there's a bar in the Fox New York City that you're in mm -hmm. and it's called Mirror Peak. Like mountains and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but no, it's it's kind of just a jumble, jumble of like Twin Peaks or some True Detective 7. Uh, I would be surprised if at the mouth of in the in the mouth of madness wasn't also inspiration given a writer's works are mm -hmm. coming to life that that sort of meta fiction it's so good it's just dripping with atmosphere the gunplay is great but the story is just it's it's awesome there's a musical segment in it that is fan fucking tasked um it's by this uh I do know of the musical segment because the game awards <laughs> yeah yeah that it's so great i i'm, I'm in my second i'm in my new game plus the final draft playthrough and i i got to the we sing like a few couple nights ago again as she's walked in she's like are you you're playing it again i'm like yes it's good <laughs> show me your champion of light and i'll show you my herald of darkness uh it's great it's it's fantastic it's it kind of it speaks to me as someone who is uh writing more and more uh, on a fundamental level it's very inspiring uh and i I just highly recommend. I we as we recorded, I saw that um, Mike he just bought Tekken Eight, and uh, <laughs> I I texted I'm like, but you didn't buy Alan Wake Two, and I know he's not <laughs> buying it until the like the game of the year edition comes mm -hmm. out and yeah, all the yeah. DLCs attached. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fair, smart. I I don't have that kind of patience. I didn't even have the patience <laughs> to wait for it to come to Steam. So, uh, but that's that's kind of been like I'm trying to hold off on like finishing the whole second playthrough again. So I'm trying to find time for everything else. That's kind of my overarching goal of this year. Cut back on the gaming. Um, cut back on the gaming. Never. Grow no, up I mean, skills. <laughs> no, because like I, the <laughs> I, I, I've picked up editing, video editing, and mm -hmm. regular editing. I'm doing that for A4E in the background. I'm doing that with Waffle Press. And it's a good skill to have, especially uh, because I'm looking for a job. I graduated and got my master's uh, back in September. So trying to get more skills in this market that apparently is crashing all around us. Uh, but I'm trying to do that. I'm going back, I'm learning Dutch classes and I'm writing more and it's, it's still difficult because you're trying to find the right time and balance all that time between, but gaming, especially because I play a lot, I play a lot of destiny too. I'm like, it just got to push it back. Just yep. a, little, a little bit more, find time for everything else. Um, I understand. 
Gaming yeah, is. So. I, I I I sometimes feel bad yeah. coming on Matt's show because I'm like Matt. Really, honestly, I'm spending most of my time playing games, not watching movies. <laughs> That's another reason why I'm falling behind on my movie watching is because I spend too much time on my games. Yeah, I, you know, it's, we got to do game feast, but uh. Hey, <laughs> hey, Alan Wake save, was on save my... for the Patreon, James. No, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I could. It... I you know, I uh, I I played more games. I, I go through phases. I feel like sometimes I play a lot of games and I take like a long break where I'm barely playing anything. And I feel like, oh, I told James this. I'm about to buy a PS5 finally. Yeah. Tax Perfect. return was better than I expected it was going to be. I was like, I got PS5 <laughs> money now. So, and the Xbox <laughs> has been like we... collecting dust because there's been nothing hardly to play on the Xbox. Like, the yeah, but I mean, Game are... Pass is wonderful. Like, it is, it is. But I, I have a hard time committing to games. I'll start like playing a game. I get like a couple hours mm -hmm. in, then I just drop it and go on something else. Like, I have ADHD for games. You're, I guess, you're a dabbler. I'm, like, I'm a dabbler. I'm a dabble. But, uh, mm -hmm. But Alan Wake 2, because I really did like the first Alan Wake, because I want and Alan, Alan Wake 2 looks amazing. I've heard great things. I, it kills me that there's no like physical release, and I don't want to pay full price for a digital. And I feel like it's going to get cheaper soon, and it's a single player game. I know there's probably some multiplayer, but like to me, it's a there's single no player. Oh, there's no multiplayer. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it is a straight single player experience. Yep. I just I, I can't. I like I have to draw the line. So I was like, I will be patient and frugal <laughs> like but i hear things like what you're saying and i'm like maybe i should just buy it. if you had a pc and i had known this information at the beginning of the month i would have told you to buy it immediately because i seuss bought it for 25 bucks because oh, i man. the epic because i don't think it's doing well financially critically and everything like it's great like everybody's like come out but like i don't think it's a game that's gonna you know make call of duty numbers but right, uh critic right. but um there was a sale that was going on at least on pc where you could get it for like 25 bucks. And I was like, mm. sure. Yeah, and so yeah. you got that and you got Alan Wake remastered. Oh, okay. Yeah, so when Seuss bought Alan Wake 2 for me, uh, excuse me, I just, I played through uh, Alan Wake. I finished uh, the Control DLC and I'm like, it's time. <laughs> uh, mm, control, yeah, that's a good one yeah. too. Oof, oh yeah. yeah, that was a weird game. I really liked it, Loved but it, it was very different. Yeah, it was like, this is very also unique. Twin Peaks -y. Yes. Oh, yeah, and, oh that was what I was going to say. As somebody running joke that I don't watch TV shows, Chris Barreras constantly gives me trying to watch TV shows. I watched all of Twin Peaks from season one to the return. Amazing show. And I mm. don't watch TV. I do not commit. Hour-long dramas, I do not commit. But I love Twin Peaks. I do like David Lynch a lot. And Eraserhead is a, a hard end point. I think that's all. Like, Blue Velvet, I think, is a better jumping in point for David Lynch. It's way more... Yes, I think straightforward than Eraserhead. Like, yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Him saying if you you said Eraserhead was the only thing you'd seen, right? Of his, yeah, that was your first. Yeah, that That's would be tough. That could yeah. be a weird first movie that you check. Even out of his. even Billy, he he straight up said he was like, yeah, that for your first time watch, I could understand yeah. if you were like pissed off about that. <laughs> um, like I was. Yeah. I was livid. It was one of those things where I still ran. She was like, it was so, I'm like, it, I, 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 I was watching. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then I dozed off because I was just like, I couldn't like process it. And I woke up. I'm like, I still don't know what's going on, but it's also my fault because I fell asleep. Um, but it, it was just one of those things that just stuck with me. I'm like, David Lynch, you hack. But I, it's especially with watching uh, wow. playing Alan Wake 2, it was just one of those like, I, if Sam Blake, the creative director of uh, Alan Wake 2, if he can see something, and I bet you like someone like Hideo Kojima probably likes Twin Peaks as well. If they oh, can yeah. see it, I'm probably, I'm, I missed something that was just a bad, like, mm -hmm. I threw myself into the deep end on accident, and I shouldn't have. 
Um, yeah. But I definitely, I definitely want to give him a shot because I, I've heard, I think all of our mutuals are big David Lynch fans. And so I want to, and I think the way Diego described it and Billy said as well, watch the first two scenes of Twin Peaks, pause, <laughs> watch his movies. Yes. Then go watch the return. Yeah. 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 That's a good, yes. Mm -hmm. Very good suggestion. You don't want to watch them all together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that, that yeah. that's what I'm going to do either through thick or thin if it's not this year because I've been kind of waiting for it to hit Netflix again but I might just say fuck it and have my dad throw it up on Plex but uh yeah I feel like if you could try Blue Velvet too that always felt like a dry run for Twin Peaks to me yeah. like it feels like it has the same DNA um yep. of like what became Twin Peaks later but I, it's Weird definitely worth a shot on in a town yeah Things seem kind of normal and pick white picket fancy, but mm -hmm. then it's like, oh no, there's bad <laughs> stuff going on. So, uh, yeah, that's I know. I well, Carmelita and Preston both on recently, and both uh, re maybe uh, they they both also they don't like David Lynch, and I was shocked. That was like the only person, mm -hmm. three of us who like David Lynch. I was like, what's going on? I was like, where did all these David Lynch haters come from? <laughs> um, he's an acquired taste. I understand. He's you know, yeah. it's weird, but did um, did they tell you that uh, the like whenever they were telling you, you know, take a pause between the show, the original couple seasons, first seasons, and then the return. Did they also say about Firewalk with Me, like to watch that first? Uh, like, no, where they, where'd they good, throw no. that in? I, you know what the funny thing is, I can never remember if Firewalk with Me is part of Twin Peaks or that's another film. But yeah, no, nobody Twin said Peaks. anything. Is, yeah. So, um, here's what's gonna happen: I'll finish the first season <laughs> of Twin Peaks, and then I will ask, okay give me an order because i think billy he gave me uh kind of a do you, you guys know billy right billy jerry yeah yeah we know oh, billy. Yeah. oh okay. we know billy <laughs> yeah he gave me he gave me sort of a sort of a everyone knows billy yeah <laughs> blizzy man yeah. but uh he, he, he gave <laughs> yes. me a bit of a, a better uh guideline but it twin peaks will happen it, it, cool. it, I'm, I'm gonna i'm i am going to make a commitment because i genuinely i remember people going off about how good the return is and Having seen seen bits and pieces of the return and playing Alan Wake Two, I can definitely see Sam Lake was like, "Yo, this shit is amazing!" <laughs> like, yeah. It's it is embedded in that game's DNA. It's if you go to my Twitter, there was a clip. I there was a picture I shared. I'm, I'm just gonna go to my Twitter real quick. Um, I was gonna say it, I remember even the first Alan Wake before the return came out. You know, it was even you know felt like the original had feelings of the original Twin Peaks even even mm -hmm. back then. Yeah, the when way I, that I look at that, not as much. Game, I, I assume it, as this new one, but yeah, no, the the first game I think it does have Twin Peaks. It feels like you're watching a horror novel unfold, like sort mm -hmm. of a airport Stephen King. Like yeah, 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 Stephen yeah. King just pumped one out one day and got it out there. That's sort of what it feels like, and it's good. I think the combat sections they're both too long, but also perfectly timed. But the combat itself does get repetitive. The DLC is where it's better, but like the one of the pictures I shared. Uh, I'm not going to try and share my screen, but I, I put up a tweet. I was like, this is 100% my shit. And it's you, Alan Wake, you're on this rooftop and you're getting this bit of um, cinematography imagery of uh, a character called Alex Casey, who's essentially Max Payne, but not Max Payne. And it's him faded in over the game world. And he's like, you'll end up a lost soul haunting the streets and alleys, a faded out shadow. And there's more to that clip, but it's just like, oh. It's so good. And then right across the street is a literal billboard or like an adaptation of the Alex Casey character in a movie. It's it's just oh, I love it so much. Um that that's been my obsession. 
I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, <laughs> Alan Wake was on my Christmas list, but I didn't even know at the time that it didn't have a disc release. Oh, I didn't yeah. even know it know. didn't have physical. I didn't yeah, it, as far as I know, still has no physical, which just still yeah. bums me out. I'm like, uh, just a, I don't like that. I do not like not. I don't like the, the option taken away from me to yeah. buy a physical because I still. You know, you don't you don't really, really own it. Like they've had all these things in the past where people like literally bought something on like the PlayStation store or whatever, and then it's like, oh no, sorry. We took we it, lost it's with, the license. Um, Spec Ops, the line. We, mm-hmm. we just found yes. out that got decommissioned from all gaming sources. So, like the only yeah. people who have it are people with physical copies. Yeah, I tried to go yeah. buy it because I heard Xbox was still hanging on. I was like, oh maybe it's, it was gone. It was actually gone by that point. It was like yeah. I was like, God damn it. This I just I don't like going that way where it's like we don't own something uh tangible. So um, but when Alan Wake 2 if I catch it on sale, uh, I will definitely buy it because I do want to play it because um, I heard nothing but good things. So, um, OK, really quick. I'm going to do two things I watched. Then we can talk about Book of Evil Eye. Um, <laughs> OK, I watched a movie from Korea called Ballerina. It came out yeah. end of last year. Somewhere. It's on Netflix in 2023. Um, and it was funny because. <laughs> to start, I told uh, or our friend, uh, my friend Mark Warner had noticed I watched it and he's like, Matt, I just need to know. So I'm in the right mindset going to this movie. It's just one of those movies that's like kind of like a, how do you put it? Like a sad indie drama, but then has like a bunch of action at the end. I was like, God damn it, Mark, that is basically spot on <laughs> because like it, it could work as like a sad <laughs> indie drama about this woman whose best friend is killed. And the, the woman that's killed is a ballerina, the woman that gets that is left behind is she's a bodyguard and her friend literally leaves her a note that says like, avenge me. It's a great hope. Like, yes, I'm in. Uh, Cause I love a revenge movie <laughs> and that's all you need. So tells her friend to avenge her and her friend just, there's a lot of flashbacks with her and her friend before she died. That's where it feels like just like a sad indie drama. Uh, and there's not too much action till like the last 20, 30 minutes, but like when it kicks in, it's, I thought it was pretty great. And my God, the, the, I, I don't want to spoil it, but the way they dispatch, like, some of the bad, especially the main bad guy was like, like chef's kiss. Like I was like, I couldn't ask for anything better. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I don't think I spoil anything saying like people get killed in a revenge movie, but uh, <laughs> pretty good fight scenes. It's um, the director did a movie called the call a couple years ago that I heard people say good things about. It was more like a horror movie. Um, I haven't seen it, but um, ballerina was cool. I uh, like, I especially Doug. Yeah. When it, I wish there was a little more action in it, like, uh, you know, but it's still, it, could, it looks great. It's a great looking movie. Um, and then, yeah, the ending, the definitely, the ending, it did deliver on like the, the premise of like, we're getting revenge. Um, so that was, that was nice. Uh, and that's just on Netflix. And we talked about Carl Weathers earlier and I watched a Carl Weathers movie I've never seen before that I've always heard. It's like a spiritual sequel to action Jackson, but I don't think it's, there's really any relation at all in anything besides it's Carl Weathers uh, called Hurricane Smith from 1992, uh, which even the poster has some tagline like he used to be called action and now he's hurricane. I don't know. It's, it's, it's not that's not <laughs> it. But like referencing Action Jackson. Um, and it's I, I feel bad because, again, Carl Weathers, innocent, not his fault. He's trapped in a not very good movie. It feels kind of like a TV movie that uh, I think was made by Warner Brothers and went to theaters, but it feels kind of, besides some of the stunts, there's some really good stunts, especially like a helicopter that I was like, Jesus Christ, this looks very dangerous. <laughs> like people hanging off a helicopter. Um, so there's some good stunt work, but it's basically, he plays this guy who uh, works as like an oil field worker in Texas, and he goes to Australia to look for his sister who's missing and finds out she was working at like a, a brothel there. And like, um, 
you know, what was she involved in? And then the bad guys, one of the, the main bad guy is, uh, I mean, I, I pronounce his name, Jurgen Proshnow. Proshnow? I never know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't I ever know how to I, say it. He's in Beverly either. Hills Cop 2. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, is he in Judge Dredd? Yes, he is in Judge Dredd. Yeah, okay. Because I watched Boots, the Keep recently. Dune. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Math of Madness. I mean, he's a bunch of stuff. He's but in everything. He's just, one of those spaces, you know, that pops Yeah, up. he's like a bad right guy in a bunch of different stuff. So, yeah, he's like the main bad guy. Um, it's just kind of a, I don't know, kind of a sleepy action movie for most of it. Like, besides some really, a couple really good stunts, it's like, uh, it's just not that well made. Like, and mm -hmm. I mean, Carl Weathers is still good. He's, you know, but it's just like he deserved a better movie than, I mean, the Action Jackson is so great. This is like, to even try to compare it like they did it's a couple steps down like but i mean it's okay it's okay yeah. it is under an hour and a half which always is a uh a bonus <laughs> but um yeah i was kind of like well i want to watch a carl weathers movie especially one i haven't seen so i finally watched hurricane smith i heard about a while ago and it was a little disappointing but you know it's like again wow. carl weathers was good so yeah <laughs> I, i'm looking at one of the posters that says the star of rocky predator and action jackson is america's newest lethal weapon and they've got Lethal Weapon capitalized. Like, what the heck is going on here, buddy? Oh, that's weird. But yeah. Oh, the tagline I'll was the man. Yeah. Right. What? <laughs> the Sorry, man who put the say? action in Jackson now puts the hurricane in Smith, which is really not a very good tagline. <laughs> yeah. Like, so yeah. I think I prefer. This is just me and my like. Um, I like I like Carl Weathers with a, a mustache. Yeah, the shades weird on this. He's clean like, shaven her Smith, which is a weird like it threw me off. I was like, I need yeah. you to have like a goatee or a mustache or something, Carl. Like, I don't know about the I feel clean like shaven the, the mustache is part of who he, you know, just some some kind of facial hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah something. something, but yeah. clean shaven it's... completely. I'm like, whoa, they're, they're not, you know, they're not doing you any favors, Carl. Come on. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> a reason why I don't I no longer clean shave anymore. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. no. Babyface Max is not Max wants to look in the mirror. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Same. We had a whole conversation about this. I think it was off mic. With, oh yes, we did <laughs> before last week's episode, which you haven't heard yet, Max. But it, was, it won't. I don't think we'll hear it's off mic. But it was like me, James, Andy, Chris talking about like. Or has he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he may have. Uh, but I was saying I don't think we recorded it. I think it was before the episode. But we were like, this is like facial hair feast because we were all talking about facial hair for like twenty minutes about like gotta have a gotta have a beard like can't be clean shaven ever again like um I, so i understand your pain i can't i haven't been clean shaven in like a decade <laughs> and the last time i did people yeah, were like people I were like please put beard. your beard back and i was like well i have to grow back but i'll get there one day <laughs> so <laughs> um but yeah carl weathers without a facial hair at all was a little was a little weird off -putting. A little weird, <laughs> a little off -putting. um but yeah, that was all. That was all I had. So uh, I guess about my book of Eli, which yeah, <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. So um, released I, January fifteenth, two thousand ten. Unfortunately, what? Avatar was still killing it at the box office. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> oh okay. So it was not number one then, I guess, huh? No, it it, it made thirty five million dollars. That's what I was looking up, but Avatar was still okay. So January third, tenth, seventeenth, twenty fourth, thirty first. Avatar was number one the whole month of January, sixty-eight million, fifty million, forty-two. Well, it million, had a budget million. of eighty million and it made hundred and fifty-seven. Yeah, it, it made money. It wasn't a flop. Yeah. It only made ninety what something I think in America or yeah, in the USA, but oh yeah, ninety-four still, in America, hundred fifty-seven you know, worldwide. But it's still good. They uh, yeah. they probably would have wanted more, but I was surprised the budget was that high. Just got like, dropped I mean, in January, you know. Back then, even January, why? why I don't know. It, this doesn't. I mean, it makes sense now. <laughs> this would 
you know, we, this would be one where if it came out this month, we'd be like, it's badass, you know, like January movie. Why are we putting this badass movie out in January? You know, I know we tell everyone talks shit about January movies, but I thought we had a good January. Well, for I guess it wasn't stuff in theaters, but there was a lot of good action stuff, DTV mm-hmm. streaming. Um, but yeah, I January movie, and this is a good January movie, <laughs> like, yeah. And we brought that up on the the Waffle Press podcast. I did plugging that for uh last week where I, I was with uh Gene and Diego, and we talked about January movies and like. Typically January, it's not the dumping ground. It's like the Oscar runoff, and then mm-hmm. it's stuff that's kind of already slated. Because I think wasn't didn't not the last Scream, but Scream Five didn't that drop in January? Was that a February release? Oh shoot, I don't even uh, know. I think it was a January. <laughs> you might be right. Yeah, you might be um, January. But the last week of March, like it's uh, they're not coming out October, which I think is weird, but. Scream <laughs> 5, you mean Scream, Scream? January 14th. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that was a January movie. Uh, okay, yeah, oh, yeah. That is, yeah, that is weird. I think but, kind of uh, no, like, the they, they, they aren't, it's not oh, a background. Sure. Like, I saw the list that I had. Underwater came out in 2020. We had Bad Boys for Life in 2020. Mm. Triple um, X, The Return of Xander Cage. Um, Den of Thieves. A big, oh. un, the, one of the bigger ones, Cloverfield. That was January. Um, in the '90s, we had the Relic, and we had From Dust Till Dawn. So, like, there's, it's not, it's not really a dumping ground. Excuse me. There, there. I think, I don't think it's unfair to say that every January we get like at least one to two strong offerings a year. Right. Uh, this year, I think it was the Beekeeper, and even then, like, people are looking in the wrong places. Like, it's not just theatrical. Like this year, we just had one more shot. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then, like you're saying, we had sixty minutes uh the bricklayer etc so like for action like it's it's a strong month like this year mm-hmm. alone like there's been some there's been some really good stuff that came out but um yeah no i i, I mean it sucks that book of eli had to get to him with avatar but yeah but who would have known they, avatar was still gonna be like yeah no no one would know that, that but also i think what they just announced they were doing a prequel tv show which for book of eli which i'm no, I'm not as oh. interested. I'm not going to lie to say it right now. Yeah, on one hand, <laughs> yeah. I'm not interested because, like, the whole point of the movie is his journey, is that mm-hmm. he reaches right. the end of his journey. Exactly. So, like, what what are we going to do? Is, is right. the whole prequel series going to be him wandering around that he finds the book and he's like, oh, great, <laughs> I've got purpose. Right. And that, <laughs> that's like, what I was going to say. Can... Like, if it's, uh-huh. a, if it's a prequel series about him wandering, I'm not as interested in that. I'd be more interested if I was interested in anything in, like, pre-Flash quote unquote or whatever you know like mm. what leads up to that and then that happening maybe yeah. but yeah I, yeah I don't need to i got the great anyway well, yeah it could be like because they also have john big and he is speaking of because we set off mike that call or maybe we set on Mike. I, I don't know anymore but carl weathers <laughs> like he's both underrated and like everybody loves him mm-hmm. like big is one of those people where i don't I think maybe he has personal issues he's dealing with, but like outside of that, I there's no reason that man shouldn't be in yeah. every block and not every blockbuster, but like he should be in a movie or two a year. Like right. he's, yeah. he's got yeah. he's got screen presence. Uh but I hope the show works out for him. And I hope it's good. I don't know if I'll be checking it out because right. like you guys, I'm kind of bad at TV. But uh <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't <laughs> Matt, Matt is not the... bad at TV. Matt is just doesn't watch TV. I'm so surprised he watched Twin Peaks: The Return. Honestly, I'm not gonna. Lie. I know that'll probably shock people because I've made exceptions for like 20 minute comedies. Those are easy to kind of yeah. throw one on. It's 20 minutes. 
the hour long dramas. That's uh, I told my I told my Game of Thrones story somewhere about how I cheated and watched watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> like I don't know if you were I don't know what podcast I was even on, Max. I don't know if you were heard this, but like I was dating somebody who liked Game of Thrones and wanted me to catch up, and I was like, I ain't fucking doing this. <laughs> so I just would watch like the recap at the beginning of the episode, the end of the episode preview, and I'd go read the Wikipedia summary. <laughs> I was like filling in the yeah. gaps with Wikipedia, and I felt like I got it. I really felt like <laughs> you probably like, did, but yeah, you know, you got, you got what you up. needed to get. Yeah, by the time we caught up, I was like, I know what's going on here. This works. It's a good system. <laughs> but yeah, uh, with, yeah, with me and TV, I, I it's hard to keep up. Like the Mandalorian was nice for a bit, but then once they started like going, uh, not doing like tune in for the bounty of the week thing, that's oh, when yeah. I kind of fell off. So I'm like. I have to keep up, but like the fun of the show is just like bounty a week. Um, yeah, it, it it's I'm hit or miss. It depends. I'm doing True Detective Night Country because you know I, I still I'm still big on True Detective. Um, not every season needs to be the first season. The second season is very underrated. Uh, a few years back, I watched all of the Next Generation. I was a never a Trek guy, and the Next Generation was like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever, and. <laughs> I've wanted to watch Deep Space Nine or Voyager, and I just haven't gotten to it. But it's also because I'm very still beholden to TNG. And I'm like, I don't want to let go of Picard and crew. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I, uh, I yeah. did try X-Files last year. I was terrible at keeping up with it. But X-Files was good. I, I still enjoyed most of what I saw from there. But TV, complete, TV is difficult. Yeah, I did a complete X-Files rewatch. I started it in like 2020, and I finished it last year or the year before last it took a while but yeah you know because like i said it's just it's also like what 10 seasons or something it's, a it's like it, yeah 10 seasons yeah because they have like two revivals too so yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's a lot i uh i kind of want to be a star trek guy that as we say it's star trek because i watched a little next generation as a kid like it was on all the time and i would get i was like oh this is neat but like i look at like the star trek shows and there's so many episodes of next generation and so many deep space nine so many voyager and i hear like People are like, DC is mine. DC is even better than Next Generation. You got to watch that one. Or like, and you got to watch DC and Voyager because they were on at the same time and they have connections. Or I, maybe that's wrong. But like, I'm like, Jesus, I can't commit to like 400 episodes of these shows that are all like, you know, 45, 50 minutes long or however long they are. So I don't know, man, how people yeah. do it. Well, yeah. <laughs> Star Trek is pretty cool, though, because, you know, I don't think people should say, oh, you got to watch this because it's better. There's something for everyone, I feel like, in all the different iterations of it right like deep space nine is doing something different than next generation is doing something different than enterprise so they're all you know sort of the, you, this one might be better to this so-and-so person but i think you could find find the one you want you're going to find something i think I, oh I, to me you're going to find something you like in one of the series right. i feel like because there's a lot of different like yeah ways that they're true. doing their stories that's true I, um, i've been loving the new show actually the strange new worlds like i watched those first two seasons and i'm, I'm loving that I've heard those are good too. See, it's like yeah, same. I, it's like I don't want to go in this rabbit hole. I'll be like just watching Star Trek all the time. Like I gotta watch <laughs> movies and play games. I don't have time for all. It's like there, ooh, not there's enough time much. in the day. There's not not enough. enough. Oh god. Enough. But uh, yeah, the Book of Eli prequel series. I don't even know like what would make that interesting. It'd be like a like a like a, a bad guy of the week thing, like an old syndicated show where he walks into a new town and finds something bad goes on and like. But they don't really make shows like that anymore. I feel like they're all like ten episode kind of get to the point they don't really have like bad guy of the week for 26 yeah. episodes or, you know i don't know it just feels like 
that yeah. that just does not interest me. <laughs> like you know no what it, you know what I realized? Yeah. You know what it's gonna be? The first the end of the first episode, he's gonna hear the voice about where to find the book. Mm. And the whole of that, at least that first season, is gonna be him trying to find the book. Okay. And that'll be the right. thing that ends the <laughs> first yep. season. Damn you, Max. <laughs> that, that I mean, I just watched the movie and I'm like, that, that's that's probably gonna be the plot <laughs> yeah, of the first show. Oh, yeah. Well, I should say we're probably going to spoil Book of Eli because it's very hard to talk about without spoiling it. So if you haven't yes. seen it, you might want to watch it and come back. Listen, and I'm putting it. a memorandum out there right now. Film Feast, if you come into a Film Feast episode, most of your <laughs> movies are from the past. That's the point, right? You're just revisiting old stuff, talking about them. You got to have watched it. We're spoiling them. <laughs> have you covered Exorcist 3 yet? I have not. I've covered no okay. Exorcist movie. Okay, I'm, a, I'm putting that out there for the future. <laughs> <laughs> because you did cover Dracula, and I'm, I, I've yet. It's kind of hard because everyone's covered Dracula. Uh, Patrick, if you're listening, it's great. You have bad taste. Um, oh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. Ta- Patrick's Pat- crazy. Chainsaw Claws. They they hate it. They're like <laughs> Patrick, the only Patrick, two people. Patrick. Yeah. Patrick and Rob. Rob they're both. Little, they're both. Man, little I little. I feel betrayed that they. It's one of their the most... latest episode. They they the whole other like fuck. They you, always be dogging on Bram Stoker's Dracula. I feel like that's like a running thing with them now. God. Yeah. I feel like yeah. they always got to bring up how much they don't like. I think I blocked Bram. it out because I didn't want to. I couldn't imagine. I was like, God, it's one of the best looking movies I've ever seen in my I life. I know. Like, Patrick will try to say something nicer. You know, oh, Gary Ullman does this good. This is good. But then I still hate the movie. It's like, it's like, <laughs> what? come on, man. Oh boy, that's wild. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So. I'm just I'm slipping Exodus three out there. I know you sent me a list of things you want to cover. True, but if I can't get Dracula, uh, I, I, talk about. <laughs> I could. I've only seen Exodus three once, and I don't know. I don't remember which cut I watched. I cannot remember which cut I watched. So it was probably uh, the uh, original, like the theatrical cut, because the only other cut that exists, it doesn't. It's interspliced of the VHS footage. Yeah. So like you're basically like you're jumping from one quality to like really grainy really bad quality it doesn't fit and then back to the quality that you're watching uh yeah (laughs) so but i mean it go go with with whichever way you desire i watched both but like i think i'm going to be the controversial one say i actually prefer the uh original theatrical cut more just because uh i i i like i like it a bit better if they found a way to clean up the footage and integrate it better then i'd probably like that one more but as it stands there's those missing pieces are. That's for another time. Book of Eli. Uh, <laughs> uh, good in October we, episode. We do that here a lot too. Just I know that happens. We go on a lot of tangents. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Book of Eli. So this time, don't think I'd watched it in. I don't know. God, probably like almost ten years. But I was watching it like I must have watched this a lot because like especially the the opening up until the fight scene in the tunnel. I felt like I remembered like beat for beat. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I remember all of this. And then it was a little little more like, oh, I forgot this or that. But like, I was like, man, I must have watched this quite a few times. I remember I, remember I was excited for the DVD to come out because I still buy DVD. <laughs> I was like, can't wait to own Book of Eli on DVD. Um, I saw it in a theater and with like a full house, which makes he said it made a lot of money. And I remember like, people seemed really into it. I have a group of people my, my love friends. Uncle Denzel. They lo- <laughs> and I worked at a theater. Denzel, yeah. What? I think it was. Uh, what was that? Fences he directed. That theater was packed. That was December. <laughs> the old people, they love Uncle Denzel. 
he can get people into a theater because like i think they actually release some of his movies at weirder times like when they might not do well like equalizer three i think came out in august or like very early september which i don't think is like a hot time and i feel like january is not but denzel can get people in any time of the year because his he has like a like a floor like his movies are always going to do like a certain number they're always gonna do a little better i feel like he just for most of his things i feel like he just like has a a level people like i'll go see the new denzel which we have very few of i feel like these days like stars like denzel people are like i'm gonna go see the new denzel movie um because i went to go see equalizer 3 that was also a lot of old people (laughs) that's me that's me and a lot of old people on day one for equalizer 3 but they loved it i was surprised because it gets a little gruesome but they were eating it up they were like yes get a bit (laughs) like it's like the most gruesome of all of them it's weird because it's like it's like the brightest feeling of all three, but it's also the darkest gross, or like it's, the darkest. Yeah, and the it's, it goes feeling. full action or like the yeah, way he picks like off everybody at the end. Full slasher movie by the end mm-hmm. of it, but it also has like the brightest stuff with like him right. moving in that village and just being happy. But then he's like off being Jason Voorhees to kill these guys. It's yeah, that's like, a great dichotomy, actually. That works yeah. real good. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, that, Book that of Eli. so beautiful, is, but yeah, that's, it dark. does work. Book of Eli was gross than I remembered, like more graphic than I remember. <laughs> like, is it? I mean, he doesn't more than I remembered, but yeah, it's not. I, I well, will say I, think... I remember the movie well. It's always surprising me that it's almost two hours, but I remember it so well. I remember basically every scene, and I'm like, wow, this is still almost two hours. And I don't know how that is, but like it, I, I guess you could say it's paced very well. Uh, yeah, it's... it doesn't feel like two hours. Yeah, doesn't it really at doesn't. All. Even though it's not lot. like a fast, <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's fast paced either. Like there's yeah. a lot of slower, you know scenes with them and you know him just like stuff at the beginning and the intro like the first 20 minutes you know he's in the cabin doing the stuff and like there are a lot of like just thoughtful moments but it still doesn't feel slow or anything it's kind of weird i don't know how they pulled it off like it just it gets to the end you're like it feels so concise and yeah it it is they did a pretty good job yeah it's yeah i'll say that uh yeah i mean i think we'd already all kind of talked about or like maybe i saw you guys post about on twitter like that we all we all like book of eli think no one that we're all on the same page and james you said something that i do want to talk about because i think we might have the same thought that it didn't or you said like it didn't quite hit the same or in your memory it was a little lesser than you remembered like was there a specific thing yeah Uh, no you know i don't know i don't know if there's a specific thing i I, i'm not going to be able to pinpoint it uh really probably but I didn't see it in the theater. You know, I'm, another that's this is another side tangent, but I'm realizing that I didn't see a lot of things like in a period of my life. So I, I was kind of like, you know, I, I had some weird things going on in my life during. Like I used to work at the theater, right? So mm-hmm. between like 2000 and 2005, I was an assistant manager at movie theater. So like I saw everything in the theater. But then after that, I kind of like became like I had a bunch of stuff going on in my life, and I became like a basically like a nomad. I was like living with different roommates and kind of like just never staying still and like i wasn't going to the theater very much this fell into that time period basically anyway um just before i found my wife and then i got all settled down and it was good. <laughs> but uh, uh but my me, me and my roommate used to watch this all the time on dvd like you're saying or maybe even, it was probably dvd still i don't know if we no 2010 i think we're on the advent of blu-ray so yeah, yeah. i think yeah it was probably out but yeah i think we were still i didn't make that switch to like 2015 DVD. to blu-ray actually <laughs> i don't know if that was late or like normal time but i was still buying dvds up at that point i was like i should probably switch to this yeah. blu-ray thing <laughs> but we loved it we and we used to watch it we just throw it on all the time so like and i, I remember just thinking it was awesome and 
I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I'm not going to say like it is any better or worse than it was at that time, but it's just, it wasn't like as amazing or awe-inspiring as I remembered it being at the time when I saw it originally, you know, that that's all I'm kind of saying. Uh, you know, it's just, I guess maybe some things that stuck out to me, you know, maybe more like movie-ish things where I'm like, I felt maybe some of the writing or things or like even some of the stylistic choices came through and I was like, oh, maybe I wouldn't do that. You know, and that, that's just stupid stuff that it's like, whatever, it doesn't matter. I, I didn't make the movie, you know, but it, maybe just this watch, you know, I was like, didn't work as well for me, you know, all of it, but a lot of it did work. Denzel's great. Um, Gary Oldman's great. Every, everyone's great. It, well, Okay, not maybe I don't know. I, we'll get to that. Maybe not everyone. I don't know. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just some 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 stuff that just wasn't like. And I think even part of what I was saying, you know, it's so fast feels so fast paced, even though it doesn't feel so fast paced. That doesn't make sense. Like it it feels thoughtful and whatnot throughout most of it. But then you do get these you know intense action sequences breaking things up every once in a while. Um. But I don't know. It it it, it feels. <laughs> I can't say why it feels. It feels a little strange, watching mm -hmm. it. You know, like and it and it does feel like it just kind of wraps up real quick. Like you know, we get we we get a lot, and then it's like you know, meet uh, me Akunas and him go out, and they have like one night in the the, the bunker thing or whatever. I don't know what that is the hangar or something, and then. There's like another set piece and then they go there and then there's another set piece and then it's kind of like it's it's kind of like just set piece slow set piece slow you know like action piece blah 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 till we get to the end and i don't know i i, I i'm just like rambling now but it, it was just <laughs> it, it, something something didn't you know it wasn't like in my head i was like oh this is gonna be the best movie i've ever seen i remember loving it so much and it just it wasn't but it was really good i still really enjoyed it uh, I'm gonna watch it again sometime soon. You know, <laughs> now I remember now. Now, like you said too, it was like all coming back. Even that intro, that intro was so crazy. Like me and my wife were watching it. I, I ended up finishing it this morning, but I started it last night. And uh, that interesting where like we get that glimpse of him and the he's sitting there in the suit, right? And he, he kills the cat or whatever. And like mm -hmm. you know, it kind of slowly pans over to that, and you don't even really know what you're seeing, kind of for a minute. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, what is this? What am I even looking at? And then you kind <laughs> you kind of figure it all out. And you're like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, right um but yeah i don't know uh it's good definitely good I, I i enjoyed it a lot but i'm gonna like now that i am seeing what it was again and i'll have to keep all that in mind next time i watch it i like to do that like say oh figure out these little things like little slow-mo things that maybe weren't working for me or like like i said it's stylistic choices but go into it next time with those in in mind and be ready for them again and then mm -hmm. be like myself i like to make myself <laughs> like movies even more than maybe i do sometimes you know like, i'm weird like that so uh, you're like i'm gonna look this even more next time I watch. exactly like <laughs> yeah. it's i force feed it into my you know my no system, i but. i agree with a lot of stuff you're saying um well i'll go to max max what were your like you had you seen it years ago when it came out and had you rewatched it since or was this like the first time in a long time you rewatched it and like yeah so i think time? it's i think it's been a minute since i've watched it um but it's, it's still one of those films that's just so burn to my memory which it, that's not a bad thing and it's not a it's it, that's a good thing it's still burned to my memory and i think that's because i wonder if part of it is because it's such a complete tale from beginning to end characters are wrapped up the story the story has an end which might be part of why i'm a bit put off with the prequel tv show because like that's one of those things where it's like they want to fill that in 
or they want to make this some big successful IPS-esque driven franchise. It's like, no, this movie, all, all of this movie should exist within the frames of the film. We get everything we need. We don't, there's no, everything about the world is interesting because if it's not on screen, it's just told in flashes and we don't get everything. We're not exactly sure what the war was. Uh, we're not sure why everything ended the way that did uh, or who burned all the books. Like it's just one of those things that just doesn't, I'm good with what I know within the frame of an hour and 58 minutes of what this movie is. Um, but to go back to your question about uh, my experience with it, I don't think I saw this in theaters. Uh, I'm pretty sure I probably saw it later that year. There's this weird, weird memories of when I was younger. Every now and then uh, we'd have like cookouts at my at our family's house and my auntie would come over. And this is probably isn't accurate, but I feel like we would usually throw on Denzel films. One of them was Book of Eli. I know later on it was the first Equalizer because I remember my aunt, this was like in the summer, she's just plowing away on a plate of ribs and Denzel kills somebody. She's like, mm, yep, he gonna get your ass. Yeah, get him. Oh, you don't fuck with Denzel? Oh, you're like, it's the only time I've ever seen my auntie come alive when it comes to a movie. When it was Denzel, she's just like, she's eating food. She's like, mm, mm, look at him. He's fine. He gonna fuck them up. It's just... All of it is oh great. God. I need to have full commentary in Book of Eli. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, or equalizing anyone. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, Book of Eli was one of them. And it was one of those films where I had never seen The Exodus 3 until last year, but I got the same feeling of, I suppose you'd call it, I not the same sense of spirituality from it that I get from The Exodus 3. And it's it is a film about religion but it's not overtly preachy about its ideals. It's very, it's a very, and it's, it's wrapped up in an extremely simple story. You have Eli who's traveling with this book doing bad, not being a patron saint, but, you know, trying to err on the side of what's right. And you have Gary Oldman who wants the book and is trying to use it to, you know, expand his capitalist empire, be an overall just increasingly shittier person. And so it's very simple in its dichotomy of black and white and why they want this, the, the Bible. Uh, so my experience with it is just it, it showcases a world of at least in, in, in terms of faith, how we, uh, not necessarily what we should do, but like at very minimum what we should avoid and the people who want, you know, who, who use, who weaponize faith. For their own uh for their own ends and uh i don't know it, it really sticks with me it, it's not like it's like the film is going to go down i guess as one of my favorite of all time it might go down as one of my favorite denzel films for sure but the way that it postulates that argument and it showcases that um that argument of of the weaponization of faith and just faith in general i think is very very moving in a way how wrapped up in this action film of Denzel taking a machete and, you know, fighting a dude with a fucking chainsaw. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's, it's, it, it's good. I, I, I will push back, I guess, cause you guys seem to have come away with it less. I come away with the same feeling I get when I always watch it, where I'm like, this is just solid. It's Denzel's, you know, religious esque Mad Max. And it, it's definitely small scale. It's not as bombastic, but like, it's still, 
it's solid, like beginning to end filmmaking. Yeah. 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 I agree. Uh, and, and I think you're right too. Like that's one of, like you were saying, one of the strong points is like the, you know, it, it deals with faith and stuff like that, but it, it also doesn't like you're saying, and it doesn't say, do they even say God once in the movie? Like they don't like say anything like that. It's just, no, they do say God. They say God is good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or any, yeah, it just feels like that's not like they're not trying to say any one specific kind of as, as much as like it feels more about just faith in general, like you were mm -hmm. saying, than than it specifically being God, quote, you know, quote, or whatever. But uh, which to me can make it work better for more people, right? Like it kind of opens it up to be uh, without trying to, you say, be too preachy, because I think if you do start saying it more, but. Now you got me thinking. Where do they say God, God is good? Like, <laughs> uh, they say it, they say it right when Cardi when he gets the book and he has it and he's holding oh, his and he looks at him. He's like, "God is good." Am I right? And he's like, "All the time, not yes. all the time." Bam! Time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that, that I, defeats my argument a little bit. But <laughs> well, I, this time I was watching it again, and I obviously had seen it a couple times, and I knew what happens. I think the first time it hits you so hard because it's built on a couple twists. Yeah. Like it's got it's I'm not saying it's the only thing in the movie, but it definitely hinges, I think, on the twist of like, oh, he's been, he's blind. He's a blind man. He's also blind. And the second twist being like the book was the Bible, which I think is easier to figure out. Maybe not as much a twist. Yeah, but it's they like... don't. I don't think they ever actually called the Bible that that's something I'm almost certain they never say. No, no, that's not true. They do say it at the oh, end. Oh, because they say the right? Yeah, Bible, so yeah. they. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know if the Bible's a twist, but him being blind definitely is because they they keep calling it the book. But like you don't need to like oh it's the Bibles of the twist you're like he's carrying the Bible like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's making religious references like he right. prays with Mila Kunis like yeah. so maybe I was watching something like was that even supposed to be a twist because it felt maybe the whole book being in Braille I don't know that was like, that was part the of the book blind being in Braille twist, is a though. twist because that in turn yeah. is a reveal That's that he's blind. blind. The, yeah. the funny thing, James, he said like it, he felt like it wrapped up very quickly. I feel like the movie takes forever to wrap up, and it's not even like a knock. I just feel like it's a weird. The structure's a little weird because I feel mm -hmm. like you get to that house and they have the giant shootout. And they leave Denzel for dead. And that almost feels like you're almost at the end, but there's like 30 plus minutes left. And then it's a long stretch of like, okay, Neil Kunis gets away, goes and gets Denzel. And they keep cross-cutting between what they're doing and what Gary Oldman's doing. And it like goes on for like, yeah, like 30 plus minutes of the movie. And like that, that feels like a very long epilogue to me. It's not even mm -hmm. like a knock. It's more just like an observation. I was like, this is a weird kind of structure where it's like this long back and forth mm -hmm. of like, Here's what Carrie Oldman's up to. Here's what Denzel Milo up to. Back and forth for a long time, getting to the final destination where they're going in San Francisco. Um, I mean, this is an odd choice, but it's like, I mean, it works. because, like, especially the first time when you're revealing all the information. I remember that mm -hmm. fucking blew everybody's minds in the theater when they showed that the Bible was in Braille. They were like, what? People were like, oh, like losing their minds. I'm pretty sure I was the same way because I had no idea. And I was watching it again like looking for him to be blind. And now it feels, I don't want to say obvious, but it's like there's things that stand out knowing they do blind. a good job of threading the needle where yeah. he does things that look like a person could do if they could see. Yeah. And right. the way they shoot him also enforces that. But he also, they also are very obvious with it. What obviously, once you know it, then it suddenly makes sense. But they're yeah. obvious with it because throughout the whole time, he's like, you smell that. He's got a good sense mm -hmm. of hearing. He's got a yeah. good sense of smell. So they're they're very upfront with it. But in, I don't. It's one of those things that you don't even think about that there is a twist. How, how do I put this? So like I haven't seen it, but I know about the twist. Obviously, um, Sixth Sense. Everybody's dead. 
Having not seen it, I'm sure uh, if you watch it for the first time, no, that's not true. You know what? Never mind. Disregard. Because I was going to say, because that was his first film. And so people were looking for the twists in all of his films. So like people are just watching <laughs> right. M. Night's films looking for the twist. So that that's not exactly a fair comparison. But there's nothing in the film that draws to the fact that there is going to be a twist. You right. just know that yeah. he has the Bible. And, but it, 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 so in a sense, it might not even be a twist. Is it more than a, so a reveal that he just yeah. has a Bible and not a twist? Yeah. Uh, that's true. More of a yeah, yeah. I guess that's a, a, a that, 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 yeah. That's a, like a weird semantic thing. There's another podcast I used to, that they used to argue all the time about what's a plot twist and what's not a plot twist. You know, like what's just a you know, like. Uh, but you're right. Like watching it for the first time, you're not thinking about all that stuff. Watching yeah, yeah. it the second time, third time, obviously you're noticing all oh him being blind and like yes, you can pick up on all that way more. But yeah, you're right. They do it so well. Like even like. Because I was watching it, like I said, when my wife, she had never seen it. And she only watched the first, you know, 40 minutes or whatever before we went to bed. But it, it the scene where he goes to that house in the first probably 20 minutes and, like, the body, he opens that closet door and that body's hanging there or whatever. And it's kind of almost like a jump scare or whatever, sort of. But he doesn't, like, react to it. But it, you don't necessarily think he has to react to it because he doesn't, he's used to this stuff or whatever. That, that can be that. But then he also, like, you know, touches it or yeah. whatever, touches the yeah. body. And then mm -hmm. reaches down to the shoes to, you know, because he wants new shoes. He's looking for new shoes. And he had looked for the new shoes in that car earlier. And it's all those little things, like you're saying. That, so it's really pretty cool that they did work all this in and shot it so well to where going back, it gives you something else you can look for when you rewatch right. it. Because you could argue during enjoyable. that scene when he's touched, when he's uh, searching for shoes, you could also see it as he's just searching the body in yeah, general like, for like anything. Like risking the body. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so they, yeah. and they also, and the other thing, that I because I, I think maybe it's the other thing as well is that they do show him with his his eyes as is right. Um, they take he takes his glasses off a lot. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Yeah. In most movies, they wouldn't. It feels like they leave him on to try to keep him, which would have drawn to the twist, right? Uh, and so they take him off, and you're like, he actually looks at people when they're talking to him more, and like, yeah, you, they do a lot to make you kind of pull you off of that scent. Yeah, <laughs> pun intended, <laughs> I guess. You know, maybe a pun, but uh. Uh, yeah, and the fact it, he goes outside good. and like everybody's wearing glasses or goggles, right? Like, he's not the glasses, just, yeah, just yeah. they fit in with his world, this book, yeah, book, with the whole aesthetic. And yeah, so I, I, this time I was like, I guess, oh, yeah, I, my own, I was my, my point being, so my point was like, maybe it's lost a little bit of something because I've already like watched it and know what's going to happen. I've looked for all the little signs, he's blind. I think one thing we don't get too deep on this, but I think <laughs> I, I have become more. I feel bad even saying this, but like, I'm not like an atheist, but I feel like pretty agnostic, but I feel like I've become more anti-religion mm -hmm. <laughs> over the years. Okay. And to me, it does feel it's more like pro-religion than I remember. Or like, mm -hmm. I don't think it has to be pro-Christianity. He could be carrying any kind of religious text. It happens to be the Bible. Uh, <laughs> and I guess... Because you see at the end, they have that next to the Quran as well. So like they're... Right. If, if you look at the thesis of the film, I think it... The Christian Bible is the crux of it, but it could be used for any any uh, any holy right. text. Yeah, I just I don't know. It kind of almost rubbed me the wrong way this time, which has never bothered me before about mm. like where it feels like this whole like he's on a mission from God and like this all the religion stuff. It feels he's a almost. Blues brother? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he kind of is. Uh, or it's like I was thinking it's like I just watched Pulp Fiction. It's like this is what Jules would do walk the earth <laughs> like, uh, no but it's i don't know it just felt more 
pro religion that I remember. I, but I could read it. I think I always heard before the. I think Max kind of mentioned this about like that. It's like you could take religion and do two things with it. You either you use it for your own gain for selfish needs, bad mm-hmm. things, or you use it like do the righteous thing. But I feel like it's been so often used for the wrong thing that it's like I can't. Yeah, but like even Carnegie you're bringing says your that. own right. I'm no, bringing, but Carnegie yeah. says that he's like it's happened before. Like mm-hmm. it, it can it'll happen again. Like he he knew he's not someone who's even deluded with what he's doing. He knows exactly what's going to happen if he gets his hands on the book. Is that he's going to become worse because mm-hmm. he has the words, as he says, to uh to to speak to people to get them yeah. what to do. Yes, and yeah. I, I, I think if anything, because I know my dad, I remember he told me about it because he had a strong reaction to the film. He lo- he loves the film. Um, and I, I remember his reaction to it was just like, it's, it is, it's about faith, but not in the, it is in, to an extent about this sort of broad blind faith, but it's also about this faith where the faith of doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And Denzel, he knows he's, he knows he's, he knows that he is on a path to do the right thing, but that doesn't mean he is a good person in doing that thing because he avoids trouble. He lets um, that Those couple get die, murdered yeah. and oh, raped. Yeah. Um, he He's killed people. And he says at the end, he's like, I'm so sorry about all the bad. That's my best intel. That's all you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's not deluded in what <laughs> about his role in this journey or his actions. He knows he's done bad, but his ultimate goal, the right the right and good thing to do is to make sure that this book, like all the books being saved by a fucking surprise appearance by Malcolm McDowell and crazy yeah. ass hair um, <laughs> yeah. is like to make sure that this book lives on. And it's, and I think that is sort of the central thesis of the film. It's not necessarily about the, uh, knowability of God's will or uh, faith. It's just more so about you doing the right thing, even if the right thing seems nebulous and vague and that's it and sometimes you got to do a little bad but hopefully you're hurting bad people to do the good thing i'm not making a philosophical text on good or bad sorry this is the scholar (laughs) this is the four years of schooling put into me coming out um but my dad's always had a strong reaction to it and i think growing up in my household uh we were never the strongest religious family so i think in regards to the film at least in, from his perspective, from what I was understood, is that he has a strong reaction to it because it's just, it's somebody doing the right thing and they have faith, even if they're not like Bible thumping, cross wearing, like, hey, God's going to strike you down, that that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've, I, I will say, I do push back against that a little because I don't think it is, uh, it's more about the, the right thing through the, through the veil of a, uh, religion sorry that's yeah. my well, no you I, I feel like i'm bringing my own baggage to it like yeah, yeah, yeah. i just remember so many like bible verses being quoted and scripture and i was kind of like, like mm-hmm. I, I just that's that is me being like oh i don't want to hear that uh even though it's i think that's not the point of the whole thing like it's just kind of what, what you said very well but like the faith of doing the right thing or having a mission and it's got the i yeah i used to kind of just read it more about like okay denzel trying to do something good uh Gary Owen tried to do something bad and the two ways that can branch with religion. But I mean, yeah, again, it could have been any 
any other text. They just chose the King James yeah. Bible, and, you know. So because you can, can watch you, it that way. You don't have to. Like, yes, it does say a lot of that stuff. Like you're saying, it's a little hard to maybe pull some of that out. But you can also just like try to watch it on a little bit more of a surface level and say, oh, "This is a guy doing good, guy doing bad, right?" You know, <laughs> yeah, right, right, because right, they're right. also they're also like perfect uh, op- opposite forces in regards to the Bible. You right. know, Denzel's Eli. He's he's doing some bad to do an ultimate good. And then uh, Carnegie, Gary Oldman, he's doing some good to do some bad. You know, he's got the whole town, but like he um, he he bribes people. He kills people. Uh, he, mm-hmm. they're, they're both doing they both have an end goal. But to get to those goals, they do something good or bad that that, that makes them great oppositional forces. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I'm also not religious. No, no, I'm also not religious either. And yeah, 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 so like I, I, obviously it's there. Yeah, I mean it's on. It's but uh, I think you can still also do. You know, yeah, you're saying Denzel doing the right thing. Good. He also can't control how people use that in the end either, right? Like he's going to get it out there, and you know, you want the people to use it, quote unquote, the right way, the good way, the 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 way you're expecting it to be used, and the way it feels in Denzel's heart, right? the way he knows it's supposed to be but what ends up happening that's out of his control but he's got to get it out there to begin with you know, right and, yeah, right so he's doing it. but yeah. that's not but what also, gary oldman's yeah. going for yeah <laughs> yeah gary Oldman's also, saying like, i'm going to do it to control these weak and minded people and you yeah. know blah 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 and also i'm mean, like I go like the surface level as well as like they do make reading the bible sound like the coolest fucking thing ever <laughs> in, well, in the true, bar yeah. and he, he's sitting there and the, the whole bike thing turns to him and he's like and to dust we shall return and he just whips out the the machete like in one like oh, fell yeah. swoop like let's go like <laughs> i don't know if there's another movie outside of the exodus 3 that makes reading the bible like damn that's some hard shit if somebody i was gonna say i just want i mean ezekiel's speech is made up but you know it's still but like if somebody pulls out a machete and they say in dust you shall return turn i'm dropping my shit i'm leaving i don't want nothing to do with you you're obviously a man made of stiffer shit than i am like yeah yeah he's very cool no i'm i'm so into the movie like up until that fight scene base at the bar like i'm yeah. so in i'm like this movie's gonna be fucking five stars <laughs> like the stuff in the game with the cat i forgot it was so cool the fight that he has in the tunnel that fight in the bar um i'm like this is great and then it kind then it kind of it just changes pace a little bit and he kind of he hangs out and he kind of what well, i say hangs out he's kind of put in a cell for a night <laughs> you know mm-hmm. to kind of comes a little more about talking about things and then you know but uh up at that point i'm like this is great and it kind of slows down a little bit but um not boring, just changes pace a little bit. I thought you were saying, James. Oh, no, I was just going to say, we're still talking about how cool the, the book is, even in that scene where he's in the... What are they in? Him and Mia Kunis? Are they in like they're, a, in a, they're in a nuclear tower. A, si- a, a nuclear, silo. Okay. silo, silo uh, yeah. Well, and she's like, he's, he's you know quoting some of the Bible, and she's like, did you write that? He's like, <laughs> yes, I did. And she's like, really? Nah, he's like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Bible's cool. it's a good little so it's got some cool yeah Bible's got yeah. some cool words in it you know because, we're yeah. not gonna argue that like yeah you, you, you pick out the right it. phrase and it sounds like the greatest bar like lyric ever written yeah. like <laughs> yo that shit is fire like <laughs> well, especially depending on who's saying that, it i feel like denzel can make the stuff sound pretty cool yeah, it's also I funny mean, you say that because then there's that next scene too where she's like is that from your book and he's like no that's johnny cash <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> 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 so it's oh. like yeah yeah 
I mean, yeah, that, that kind of encompasses Denzel. He he knows how to read some dialogue. And I'm yes. sure he read that script like, yeah, I, I can make this shit sound like hard <laughs> as fuck. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And I think he's, I mean, he's super cool in this. He's great. I, uh, he does really well with the, the fight choreography too. I feel like the, especially those, those scenes I mentioned, the bar scene in the tunnel. I'm like, the tunnel I, is great. It tunnel joins is... Mandy in being an action movie where a dude pulls out a chainsaw and yeah. someone has yeah. to fight him back. <laughs> like i had forgotten about the chainsaw and i was like that's pretty cool like yeah i mean it's only for a split second but still it's i know it's such a it's a pretty quick fight scene but it's good and i remembered it like like beat for beat like uh although i did for the chainsaw i just love that way it's shot too like it's the the silhouette and it's wide shot you know you see it all right there boom boom boom. like that's yeah i mean they do a good job with the action i think overall i think the bar scene gets a little more cut up edited but it's still a lot of wide shots like it's a lot of denzel doing the stuff because it's in wide shots so um i like how they shoot the action i kind of that's why i wish there was almost more of it because they used a good with the stuff at the beginning but i do love later on another big action set piece when they kind of when they're in the little house getting blown to pieces and the camera's kind of flying oh the one take the one yeah flying in and out and coming back in like that just looks so cool (laughs) yeah like the chain gun and all the house just literally crumbling (laughs) like yeah um -hmm. i mean that's cool uh, that's a cool scene. But, oh, sorry. Go, go, go on. No, sorry. I was going to say, they just do a good job. And I, I, I was going to change topics. I was talking about the, the Hughes brothers as directors. But if you want to finish your thought. From well, I was that. just going to say on that scene when I was watching last night, I was actually kind of thinking because it came out in 2010. And so I was, uh, they do that. But then they also pull out of the car uh, later whenever they they leave, when Gary oh, yeah. and his crew leave and after after that scene. And I was like trying to think of Children of Men obviously came to mind. I was like, I wonder if that was on their brain. It came out a few mm. years before. But, you know, like, and then they do that big couple big oneers in that movie too so i was like i wonder if that was in their mind when they were doing these because the one shot in book of Eli to me did kind of feel like a we're just doing it to be cool you know thing which i'm fine with because it is cool right i'm always (laughs) okay with that i'm not one of those guys who's like well this is pointless i don't want it in your movie you know like you know if if it's cool and it I they know cool. how to keep the action engaging. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, 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 might, it didn't serve the story in any way necessarily, but it was cool, and I thought it was fun. And hey, it adds a little spice. Yeah. I'm, I'm never one to complain about. It. I think we told this last week with uh, Scott Pilgrim, James. Like uh, directors, they call show offy, which would be yes. like De Palma, and Tony Scott, guys that I love. I'm like, I'm watching a movie. I want it to be like, yeah, kind of over the top, cinematic. Like it's fine. Like um because i yeah it's kind of like the thing in book of eli is a little bit like okay this is doing this to be cool but it is cool so therefore yeah, mission accomplished cool. like i think I it know. works yeah it's funny because <laughs> i i know at the beginning i was saying that some of the stylistic choices were what drew me out of a little and, and max i know earlier you said you're more on it than me i didn't mean to make it sound like i hated the movie i, I just <laughs> i was just because i was thinking in my mind it was a the best movie of all time i still really enjoyed it a lot uh it's it's a bygone it's yeah, a movie like, that if it came out today it would be dumped on Netflix and we probably wouldn't be talking about it. It's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. the, I mean, it, what it's, it, it was made for 80 million. So that's about, it's a bit high on the mid budget, but like fairly mid budget, I think. And it made 157 million. If it, it came out today, it would be dumped on Netflix. We talk about it for a weekend, mm-hmm. but, and it, the thing is the movie it's, I think for some people it might be just really good five stars. I think it's a good four. You could argue four and a half stars. I'm not really big on ratings. I've I've made that rant before. Me but like it's it's <laughs> it's, like it's a solid like beginning. <laughs> it's a solid beginning to end like a good time, like a good film, and yeah. it's memorable. And I think about it, and I mean the score. It's by Atticus Ross. Like it's so good, 
It's so good. Yeah. It's the same year oh, he would yeah. team up with Trent Reznor for Social say, yeah, Network. Yeah. And I I hum that theme so much. Like it's it's a it's simple, it's effective, but it's so good. And I know it's not on Spotify, but there's a remix um Eaten by the Earth by mm -hmm. uh they 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 remixed the main theme and it's I've shared it in the Discord in the music section. It's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal uh remix of the out. main theme. I'll, yeah, I'll probably post it on Twitter, but that, uh, that main theme's good. I, I do love that because I was even I looked over and I was like, "What do you think about that? You like that theme? So, yeah. Whatever." And I'm like, "Oh, get out of here, man! Whatever." So that's amazing. But like, it's what it's it's it's, oh, it's a notes. film that it's not going to it it has an ending, and I don't need to I don't need a franchise of it. I don't need you know the sequel starring Mila Kunis, even though that could be interesting. They hinted at that. They did. They hinted at that. They do. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. I'm also perfectly Speaking fine of... with this because it's <laughs> it's a it's good, and we could have it, and it could release, and we can just go back and be like, hey, remember Book of Eli? Yeah, I remember Book of Eli. Instead of hey, we're on Book of Eli five, Eli harder. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And it's just this simply, time it's saying simply Stephen Scientology. <laughs> yeah. And it's simply a, a film that like it's it's getting harder and harder to find um, mm -hmm. without it either a being dumped or or B uh, it's like supposed to set up like this whole thing when like, that's not it. Yeah. Gary Whitta, the screenwriter, as Diego said, is his best written, his best movie, um, which is probably fair. Cause I think it's only this in rogue one, but like it. And after earth, let's not forget. Yeah, oh, after earth. oh you got a shovel on it. Hey, yeah. speaking of that, Oh. That has something to do with his twist. We can say, you know, like he's got a Shyamalan movie even in there. <laughs> yeah, Shyamalan's a twist yeah. guy. And he's got a twist in here, <laughs> so maybe he is a was looking maybe. for a twist. But yeah, it's a film that's increasingly harder to um, get released without it having something attached to it. Uh, yeah. Right, right. And it's solid. It's it's fairly solid. You just bring it over now. They're like, hey, remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, well, it's, it's good. I, I was going to say, there is one moment too, and this maybe even go for the whole movie and would, again, kind of butt against like my feelings. It's not all of the style as a whole whenever I was saying that kind of pulled me out of the, it's just, I guess, weird just moments here and there, but there was one moment where I was like, it really stood out when he was leaving town after he'd got like locked up in the cell or whatever. And mm -hmm. he was leaving town and then like the music kicked in and it was kind of like so long. I was like, it, it was giving me super duper like Tony Scott, like mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the Denzel of it too, you know, gives a little bit, you know, like mm -hmm. and some of the style feels, you know, even all the color grading and all that. It's like, it feels like there. this is maybe the closest the Hughes brothers came to doing a Tony Scott-ish film. Not that sure. I'm going to compare everything to doing a Tony Scott film, but you know, <laughs> I like to do that anyway. Uh, but, you know, uh, it just, I was like, oh, so I should, you know, should just accept this and enjoy this and you know, some of the slow-mo stuff <laughs> weird things like that mm -hmm. but what do y'all think about the color grading and all that the way it changes all it kind of goes all over the place throughout the movie it kind of cuts i really like the forward. bombed out atmosphere of it like when you're when he's out on his own before he hits the town i really like mm -hmm. how washed out and just like ugly it looks <laughs> in a weird way it made me i always got that in resident evil extinction I think oh, that's the, the one. Oh, is that the, yeah. the desert one. Yeah, I always get those two like sort of conflated because and they're not the only ones, but like that sort of bombed out, like mm -hmm. you're literally living the that it's very Mad Maxian. This may be less so, but um it's just, yeah, I I I liked it. Uh, it was one of those things I know. So I'm like, damn, they they went they went hard with the washout, which was which is good because <laughs> like it helps. Yeah, that was one thing maybe I kind of 
bristled against too watching this time. I was like, oh, this is very like 2010. I feel like with the color grading and the watch mm -hmm. down, like, but I kind of like I kind of go back and forth on it. sometimes I thought it looked great, certain shots, sometimes I thought not so great. Um, but I do think it kind of captures that look really well. And we talked about video games earlier. Very interesting. This comes out two years after Fallout 3, which I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. have played Fallout 3, but there's a lot of similarities yes. to Fallout 3. Like you know what I realized? I don't <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, yeah. I don't want a John Boyega prequel to Book of Eli. I want John Boyega the video game Book of Eli. That I'll take. Oh yeah, that I could probably roll with a bit more. Yeah, yeah. I'm up for that. They, uh, yeah, but I was like, man, this is so much like Fallout Three, but it just come out. I don't think we're influenced by it, but it's yeah. like they share so much uh, idea of the apocalypse and what it would look like, and uh, it just was very interesting because I'm like, I'm like, yeah, the apocalypse probably wouldn't be very bright and cheery, you know. Obviously, <laughs> like, um, so this is probably what you know things would look like. It's just they're going a little overboard with like some of it, but I overall I still think it works for the movie for the most part um yeah. i don't have too much problem with it but i was just like oh right they really they really went hard on this is what i remember i was like oh yeah i yeah. forgot how hard they went on it so it was interesting i was like That's a it's a lot i mean yeah. like when it, but it makes it like you said it, it kind of makes sense like when when they're outside it's super like yeah that contrast <laughs> is like pumped to a million right like you're just like so bright and you know, like you can feel which it. probably then, helps because they do they keep noting that uh, they note that people were blind either right the, with flash, the blast the flash. or the sun. So mm -hmm. right. they, that mm -hmm. probably that also yeah yeah. They, so they're they're making sure that you get that visually. You know, like mm -hmm. and I'm always that's fine. You know, it might not, even if it's not like maybe as pleasing to our eyes. At least they're trying to do something to get across their point visually. It's a visual medium. I always say that. You know, so like <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, do your thing. Um, and then but it does it gets toned down when they're the interior shots. You know, like. Right. You said some of those look really nice. They actually do. I mean, they're just still brownish, you know, and like whatever green yeah. colors, but I think it looks yeah. good. Yeah. But it it, 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 it is weird because I do feel like it's not to bring Tony Scott back into it, but like <laughs> a little bit of like. Is Tony you know, Scott your favorite director? He's, he's up there. Yeah, yeah. No, no, fair, fair, fair. I'm, I'm working my way <laughs> through him. I've seen chunks of his films, but like last December, I watched, uh, I was about to say The Hunt for October, um, Crimson Tide, Crimson Tide. Mm -hmm. and uh, Boy Scout for the first time. I saw Man on Fire years ago. There's still more, but like I'm at the one-two punch of those. I was just like, this man, yes. this man has like so much juice. Like, holy hey, shit. He's real good, buddy. You're not going to find anything you don't like. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, no, he, I mean, he's tied for my favorite. Him and him and Spielberg are my, my two, my two boys. Um I'm real simple man. Um, but uh, uh, no, like his influence that shows up after the fact a lot, like, you know, like him doing all the, like when he starts doing all his things, all his little tricks and stuff, like I say, even in man on fire, like this is six years later, but you can still feel it. Cause a lot yeah. of that stuff that started just kind of trickling down into Hollywood movies at that time, you know, after that, you know, and this is another example where you can kind of feel it even throughout it, even a little bit of like, you know, I, 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 everyone like, well, I guess you like Zack Snyder ish, you know, like a mm -hmm. lot of with the coloring and like even the slow motion stuff, but not, 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 you know, Zack Snyder is like a little bit more slow mo than we get here, but <laughs> yeah, he likes a little more slow mo than most people. <laughs> but yeah, I like, that's know. his thing. It's, I'm, I don't, I'm just like, hey, that's your thing, Zack Snyder. It's fine. Um, oh, but yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go, no, you go ahead. You go. I, well, I was going to say, I'm, I'm the Hughes brothers directed this and I am, baffled slash fascinated by the way their career 
<laughs> has played out because it stopped. It yeah, basically well, anyway. stopped. It, I mean, uh, they both are, I guess, still doing TV. Um, but they've only made, unless I'm missing something, like four theatrical movies, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, which I don't understand. <laughs> like, well, five Society. if you count Book of Eli. Okay, because I'm okay. Menace Society, Dead Presidents. There's a documentary, I think, American, called Pimp. American Pimp. So I guess, and then From Hell. And... I just picked up From Hell on Blu-ray. Finally. I actually Eli. didn't know that was from them. I thought that was like someone, I thought it was like Tim Burton or somebody, but no. Oh, no, <laughs> that's that. him, yeah. It does feel like oh. it should be Tim Burton. It's not. It's yes. Johnny Depp and it's like a Jack the Ripper <laughs> Johnny Depp, story. Automatically Tim Burton. Automatically. Well, <laughs> I, I haven't seen it. That's one of those films. There's like two films I remember when I was younger that my parents went out on date nights for and I couldn't watch. It was From Hell and then it was Collateral. I still haven't oh, seen from, oh. uh, from Hell. I have seen Collateral. I don't know why my dad didn't take me to go see it, even because I saw like Blade Two at too young an age. Like we went to the theaters to go see that, so I don't know. But maybe he thought I'd find it boring, which you know what I was probably like nine or ten. You might have, have. yeah. Yeah. I haven't rewatched it. That's why I got it. That's another one that I haven't seen in as many years. You know, it's just like so. I want to. I'm curious how because I used to love it from hell. Well, went out for Seuss. I watched it with her a few years ago. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Michael Mann is for her. It hurts. It hurts so oh, much. I'm oh, I'm, I'm holding like I'm holding the fucking the, the the grenade for heat. And I'm like, if she comes out and says, eh, and I'm gonna be like, no, Listen, <laughs> so I've already taken that grenade, buddy. My wife yeah. does not like heat. She's not. Couldn't she it. was bored out of her mind. Oh my god, that's um, that's an immortal <laughs> sin. <laughs> it is, Jesus it is, I'm not even gonna try to show my girlfriend heat. I'll just let that one. But hey, let's just save that one for me. My wife loved Domino, so <laughs> oh, boom. that's oh, a win. Okay. Got that's right win. back in my good graces. Um, Seuss is, she's not. Um, action for her is a bit too much. There's oh, stuff well. she can get on with. Like she likes the kind of the wilder stuff. Like I say, wild like uh, Fast and the Furious, and mm-hmm. she did like RR, but like. Uh, I've tried. Uh, mm-hmm. I maybe not have pulled out like the biggest guns, but like we've never seen any of John Wick's together. Because I, uh, no. she told me she's she had a date years ago. They tried to take her to go see John Wick, and she was like, eh. "No." I'm like, I'm not. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna get my feelings hurt because we watched John Wick four, and they're like, "Eh," and I'm like, "Fuck! What do you mean, eh? What the hell is this, eh? What the? He's talking about? Yeah. No, I, I I feel it's it's really rough. Yeah, but, but yeah, the horror is yeah. good. You know what? She's taking interest in horror. I, I love that. I love that I've sparked that interest in her. Yeah. Um, this is why I don't even try. I just like if yeah. I was <laughs> like, I think it's gonna be a hit. If I don't think it's gonna be a hit, I don't even put it off my girlfriend. I'm like, I don't want to be sad and make you like be bored <laughs> by this movie. But yeah. okay, so the Hughes brothers, I'm still looking like they No, they didn't couple, make anything else. Yeah, but I was gonna say, a couple have things y'all solo. Seen their, yeah, have y'all uh, seen a movie I forgot movies? about called Alpha that mm-hmm. I think did get a release and uh, it's just Albert. And then Alan did like a team by himself, but together they've only done Man Society, Dead Presidents, American Pimp, the documentary From Hell, and then nine years to Book of Eli. And I thought, oh, did From Hell bomb? I thought I had remember. No, it didn't bomb at all. It made like one hundred and thirty-five million dollars off of a like thirty million dollar budget. I think. Mm. Yeah. Yep. No. Okay, I'm, I'm wrong. It made one hundred four million off thirty-five million, but that's still good. That's still like. Uh, so I don't. Well, know. and they got a huge. That's a they. Almost tripled their budget on Book of Eli, like how much they were able to spend. I mean, thirty-five million on From Hell, and the fact I think Book of Eli was well received 
like I, I know it must have done well on like DVD sales stuff like that because yeah. I feel like I've known a lot of people have met who were like, oh, the movie's awesome. You know, they saw it after the fact, but they saw it. Um, so I just don't understand why there's like I don't well, I think that Dead Presidents didn't do well. I don't think so. There's a six year gap. But then the gap between from hell and book of Eli, it's like, could they not get something off the ground? I know stuff goes wrong all the time, you know, with, with like movies getting off the ground, but I don't know. I really like the Hughes brothers. I saw Menace society like a year or two ago. And I was like blown away by Menace society. I thought that was mm-hmm. like so well-made. Um, and I just, um, I, yeah, I was yeah. looking at the, you know, the, the Wikipedia page, obviously, you know, and it, it does have this little note. It says in a 2013 interview, Albert stated that the brothers, love each other quote but are also kind of in a weird dance right now so i don't know maybe it's just a you know yeah yeah it also just diving with each other yeah there there was this article it was shared years ago by uh ava duvernay i apologize Mm -hmm. if i messed up her name but it was it was like from the hollywood reporter and it was about black directors from the 90s and how they weren't making movies anymore like Eric Dickerson was the biggest one I remember. Like they're all just doing TV stuff. And I was on this podcast um, last year around September with Matt. Uh, it was uh, love. Excuse, I'm sorry, Matt. I'm forgetting the name for a podcast. Like we love monsters. Oh, it was like not me, but a different Matt. <laughs> no, different Matt. A lot of Matts. Uh, but we talked. We talked about uh, Bones with uh, Snoop Dogg. Uh, very good. I don't know if you guys have seen it. That another film that should have like five fucking movies. But we talked about Bones. But we we (laughs) were mostly talking about Eric Dickerson, how he's been like shafted to just do TV, which makes no no sense whatsoever. None whatsoever. Oh, Ernest Dickerson? Sorry, I got confused. You said Ernest Dickerson. Was I saying Eric? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I I was like, wait, is there another? (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Ernest Ernest Dickerson. Dickerson. Please don't take away my cred. uh, No, you're fine. I just want to make sure. (laughs) But yeah, no, he's 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 made a couple of like directed his own couple of movies and they've been very good. And he's also a hell of a DP. Um, so I don't understand why this man has been like stuck in TV. You know, maybe he's happy to be there for the steady paycheck, but like we are losing as a culture, not having him putting out mid budget movies. Um, yeah. Like he was in the two thousands and the nineties. And I say that, and I loop that back to Albert, the, the Hoogs brothers, because I think, I wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of sort of the same. Um, I mean, they, I think they probably have about the same amount in their filmography, but very, very strong films from the nineties and uh, the early two thousands. And now they're just, I, I think one of the brothers, the late, they did two episodes of the John, the continental, the Tom, the, mm-hmm. the John Wick oh, series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know what is going on, but they're, <laughs> their talent is being wasted not bare minimum i would be happy if they were putting out shit on netflix uh, like movies on netflix but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on <laughs> it's yeah. and i was gonna say john singleton it happened to him too i felt yeah. like yeah he had boys in the hood and then uh, i don't worry he cut a couple of things don't hit the same and then he's doing like genre movies after that like too fast too furious <laughs> and that movie with uh taylor lautner where he was like he was a spy or something. And I'm like, John uh, Singleton should be doing better than Taylor Lautner <laughs> action movies. Like he deserves better than that. And the Hughes brothers, I mean, it's, I think it's a it's a problem with journeyman directors from the 80s, 90s. And I yeah. think it probably gets worse for black filmmakers because it's probably more hurdles to jump through, honestly. And it's like the it's like all these guys have gone to TV. And Ernest Dickerson yeah, is a great example of like he's such a good director and amazing, yeah. Uh, cinematographer like the early Spike Lee stuff. I know James watched yes. Spike Lee, so like yeah. that's beautiful movies, beautiful, beautiful movies. But like, 
Yeah, I mean, he, I know, Earth Dickerson is like killing it in TV. Like, I look at his IMDb, it's just like every TV show he's directed an episode on. So, uh, I, you know, I just wish these guys could actually make these like mid, but the mid budget movie is going away too. That's they talk about all the time. Yeah. About how that, I'm that... looking at somebody like F. Gary Gray, and oh, he just yeah. had Lift come out, which I pretty much heard nobody liked, but like his last couple <laughs> movies outside of Straight Outta Compton. And you could argue Faye the Furious. So really just Lyft and Men in Black International have not yeah. really been well received. But you you jump from him from Friday basically up until uh, probably Law-Abiding Citizen. Uh, Italian job. But I was going to say Law-Abiding Citizen because I, 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 I like Law-Abiding Citizen. Citizen too. Yeah. But like he's got, he's got great films. He seems to be on the downward trend recently. But like just a very strong journeyman director and... Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's not being given the material or what, but like, I don't know what's going on. It's, it's one of those things that kind of sucks because uh, we talk about in the last few years about diversity on, on film behind the camera and from the camera and not to say the nineties were some paragon, but at least in terms of uh, black talent, we had plenty of black voices back then. You know, we weren't necessarily saying, Oh, we need this and that. Like we had it. And then it all kind of just seemed to, fade off into the background and now it's sort of the new thing again but it's like doesn't really feel that way uh this is a tangent yeah. i joked on the discord no. um what is it the, the the guy who directed red notice um fucking sorry i'm just googling it. the guy who directed red notice his he has the blackest fucking name ever but he's a his name is rawson marshall thurber and it wasn't until <laughs> late last year i was like Man, a black guy directed that. That's that, like that's oof. And then I looked and I'm like, wait, he's no. he's fucking white. He's a country <laughs> And I'm like, I, I was annoyed uh, and and I know why I got pissed off about his name because it's way too close to Thurgood Marshall. So oh, well, like, it's just <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's that, that's my little tangent. And he's no, my enemy fine. for life because he made me think he was a black man. That uh, is interesting. Sure. We're talking about filmmakers black filmmakers who had like movies in the 90s that felt like you know they were important movies and they got a lot of attention and i was talking to my sister about this the other day and somehow it came up about like didn't it feel like we had a lot lot more like tv shows with black casts in the 90s like that we do yeah. even now like we had mm-hmm. and that probably was part of the cosby show and then networks were like oh we can have black people on tv you know they were yeah. like oh we can have black tv shows because we were we like martin a different world um God, like I see, Harvey had a show. I think they're like Queen Latifah had a show. Like, every, like there were so many more, like, black uh, TV shows, and then it seems like we've gone backwards from that. Yeah. I don't, well, it's like... also just I think just the loss of TV or cable TV. You know, everything's well, streaming, yeah. and no one knows what's on, and there's a no one knows what's and... on, and no one knows how long it's gonna last. Right, and there's just <laughs> there's I, I, you know the random times I'll be watching like real TV, and I'll see all these commercials for. All these shows and i'm like i can't believe all these shows exist i have no idea they exist. because you know we we do live obviously in our little bubbles and twitter and you know movie bubbles and whatnot but like there's like all these just crazy shows and i'm like what the hell is all this stuff and like and there, there are i mean not, not that not to say that there are a lot of you know black centered shows out there but there probably are and they're just well, no true. one even knows know. about them and they're buried under because <laughs> they're like on of, I don't know, paramount like, plus or yeah, so like they're extreme, on some yeah. streaming service i don't even think exactly. about or who Peacock, knows paramount plus and yeah like, it's just like you can't find them but yeah i mean guys like the hughes brothers like having and maybe they wanted to but kind of like they were forced to go to like genre movies at a certain point like from hell mm-hmm. and book of eli um which i mean credit to them if they were forced to go to them 
they're pretty I, I haven't seen from hell but like they're still pretty damn good like yeah, yeah that's it's not it's not gonna split <laughs> well, hairs about this I say, no no i, I hope mean, from hell is as good as book of eli was on this route when i rewatch it because i like i said i remember loving from hell and i remember loving book of eli and i still love <laughs> book of eli I need to rewatch <laughs> Dead Presence. I kind of want to do it at a time for this because I only seen it like once, maybe mm -hmm. twice. I have never seen from hell. I've heard like mixed things, but I hope it'd be interesting at least. And then yeah. uh, Book of Eli, that was everything too. I was like the religious stuff in this. I was like, I wish kind of was like a straight up genre picture. Like I almost wish it was like an action movie with maybe a little horror mix in of kind of like, not horror, but um, I guess the cannibal thing is kind of horror, but like yeah. all the cannibal yeah. stuff, but like just kind of like a crazy genre movie. We're almost feel like the religious stuff almost kind of detracts a little bit for me again. Again, I'm my own baggage, but I just hey, kind of want to like is Denzel kicking ass and like having to go you don't against because like, it's, it's kind of like a Western a little bit too. It's like guy. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, got Western in its DNA for sure. Guy wanders yeah. into a town where one corrupt guys, you know, screwing yeah. the town over. I've seen that in a couple of Westerns, so yeah. <laughs> more than a couple. So it's got a lot of things going on. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's. That I mean, they, yeah, that's why I was so when I look back, I was like, "What did the Hughes brothers do after this? Hardly Nothing. anything. <laughs> like, yeah. That's that's what sucked." Together, but like they're specific. they're one of they're those guys that you just they should they should be the people putting out like the solid mid budget movie into January. Um, right. They've yeah. got yeah. that talent, and right. you know what? Maybe if they want to graduate to big budget stuff, they could. But like, those are the kind of guys I would trust to be make uh, a Marvel movie more than the people that. Are currently right. making Marvel movies at the time because at least they can prove <laughs> they know how to use that budget, they know how to frame action, and they have a they have a visual style, you know. That's the weird thing about that another side tangent, but the Marvel stuff is like, why have they not used any of these like really good established journeyman directors? And they said they seem like somebody does one indie that pops and they make them like a Marvel person. It's like yeah. why it's like why don't you get well, some of the better track record? Well, because they're <laughs> cheap like, and they don't have, they don't have exactly well, yeah, that's say, but they they want to be able to control them a lot too. And I feel like yeah. they probably feel like they you bring on an through, you bring on an Eric yeah. Dickerson and be like, No, I'm gonna make a fucking set. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I do. I was thinking I they care wanna... about quality, but no. or they have to find the person who fits into their little niche just enough, and they're they're okay with them doing their own thing, like a gun or whatever. You know, like, like you if you brought the Alberts, if you brought the Hughes brothers to do like the new Blade movie, oh my god, that, that yeah. everybody yeah. would probably be like, wait, the guys who made Book of Eli, I'll watch that because they they've proven they know how to uh, interweave uh, thematic underpinnings. They can oh, do action. So like they they would be perfect for that, and this is not me saying I want them to do that. I would rather just have them out making films in general. But like if tomorrow it was announced they were doing the Blade movie, it wouldn't that would significantly hype me up than whatever oh, yeah. it is they're doing now. Um, yeah, but that's uh, not ideally, man, of course, anything's yeah. better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, but ideally, just get them just get them actual like yeah. work. Um, that's true. I, I do want thinking... to point out oh, of the cast, uh, Ray Stevenson, the late Ray Stevenson, mm -hmm. he passed last year. Um, something I never really picked up. I've always it was kind of always in my head, but I really noticed at this time his performance. He's doing, I feel like, something interesting. He is playing a henchman, the heavy, but he seems to also he's playing a henchman, the heavy. He's a bit of a creep because he's kind of lusting after um, my lacunas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not entirely like he's not being like, but he is like, hey, I he want keeps her. going back to it though. Yeah, he does, but he's never he's never yeah. leering about it. But the thing that's interesting is his relation to Denzel's Eli. In he does, I don't. He does a lot without actually saying anything, and that's what makes it hard to kind of parse his performance. But mm -hmm. 
but in that scene there's a shootout in the middle of the town and he stops and mm-hmm. he lowers <laughs> his gun and yeah, you could good. argue that's part of the the religious text is that maybe there's more to this going on but i do think that speak to his character there's just a little bit there more there with him in that sequence where he's just like there's i guess maybe the word is doubt doubt about his entire situation um and i'm not saying that underneath that henchman there's buried a decent human being but like there does really seem to be a bit more going on with him like he doesn't seem outright as spooked as some of the other guys about like oh can you even kill eli but he does seem like a bit like that he he knows something is off and maybe like if he had the guidance he wouldn't be like the fucking heavy to for Gary Oldman. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but he did. He there's something about his performance that I found very interesting, where he's he is being a heavy, he is being a bit of a scumbag, but there seems to be something stirring within him that even he doesn't seem sure about his place and all of that. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I literally made a note. I was gonna ask y'all what y'all thought him letting him go and not just shooting him right there mm-hmm. in the street what that actually meant and obviously you know people we can interpret these things any number of ways we want right and uh i wasn't really quite sure and you but you just talking about that almost kind of brings some thoughts you know like uh because now i'm starting to wonder like does he is he like you're saying he sees something in in denzel or in eli uh that's going to bring about a change and almost like does he want this change he wants he wants carnegie gone almost maybe somewhere in his heart as well right like yeah. sure he's he's kind of in between good and bad right he's a little of both he like you said still less than after solar and wants to get with her and does keep coming back to that but maybe he still also realizes that he's in this real shit situation here in this town and doesn't like what carnegie's doing and maybe realizes that eli's going to bring about that change for this and get rid of this or or can be something that's going to help you know rid this area of this scourge yeah I, I felt like it became like a thing where he's becoming like a converted religious uh, converted christian or something where it's like he has faith oh, in go. eli like <laughs> or that you know he shoots at him and he's not that far away and he can't hit him like the bullets are like whizzing past i feel like it's a moment like holy shit this guy might be like the one you know, the yeah. one <laughs> he might be special yeah. like it feels like he's got he come like a converted yeah like a like he's becoming found a religion or something to believe in yeah he's he, not quite on the like i believe but he is like something's up maybe something's up and it even goes because it's that scene and then it's his death scene and mm-hmm. he has the machete mm-hmm. at him he pulls it out and he could easily attack her but he doesn't he just gets out the car and he just sits there and he dies and it's those excuse me it's those two scenes that i really feel like there's something more going on with him because he's he's Arguably, he might be the most interesting character because he's still doing all those bad things. You know, he has uh, Eli's uh, machete. He's playing with it. He's less than Solonara. He is. Uh, he is basically. He is a henchman to for Gary Oldman. But like him letting Eli go and then him just kind of letting himself die, I do think there's something to that. And I I've been wondering about what that is, and it's 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 stuck with me because it. For a character that is essentially boils down to uh, a, a heavy, uh, the main henchman, he's doing, he's giving two scenes to be just a bit more, well, more than that. And I find that fascinating. And I 
I can't quite pin it down other than the fact that Ray Stevenson is an incredible performer and we are, you know, we are lost not having more performances uh, of him. But I found that just fascinating that he would do that because you could easily, he attacks her or, you know, whatever, or he, even when um, she's in the car, he doesn't like try to rape or anything. Like he, there's, there's more to him, I think, than that. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those, I think if he just was given, and this isn't a filmmaking problem, this isn't anything like his directing, his direction, but I think as a character, I think if he was given the push to do better, then he might not be that person. And I wonder if that's buried underneath all of that performance. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I was thinking, this is, I was like this time I was like, this is a way more interesting, like main henchman performance than I even I think I forgot he was in the movie and then it's a way yeah. more interesting performance and I remembered um yeah it's definitely not your typical oh I'm the big bad henchman it's it's like there's something else going on there that's like he's not saying a lot I also feel like he has like a real disdain for Carnegie that's like yeah. I can't remember if it's like said outright or you just get the vibe that he like hates Carnegie <laughs> like well like uh, when Carnegie gets shot bad. he Carnegie's like are you bargaining with me and they don't. They do a lot with trying to uh, say how Carnegie got a hold of that town because Ray Stevenson could end that man's life right then and there. Oh, and man. I don't think. <laughs> and I think things would. I don't know if things would be better, but like the power structure would change. But he doesn't because obviously Carnegie has. Carnegie keeps uh, things flowing. Um, but like I, I, I definitely got that. Like he's especially because once Denzel kills all the people, I think he can feel like. Things are changing, uh, maybe not for the better, but I think even he knows like things have changed because something that and I meant to say this earlier is when you look at those last 30 minutes after Eli's been shot and the past diverge and then reconverge again, you look at these are two dying men. Eli is dying and he is uh, reciting the Bible, you know, word by word, verse by verse verbatim so that they can print it down, reprint it. And then Carnegie is dying. He can't read the Bible and everything he's built for all the good and all the bad that that is worth is crumbling around him. And he's been dying since the second he was shot. Uh, and I find that mm -hmm. fascinating that throughout most of the film, Carnegie is dying very low, like low key. And, and then at the end, like you're, he's definitely like, he's dying because of his uh, infection. Yeah. But then uh, Denzel, Eli, is still finds the strength after being shot in the gut, a much more mortal wound than being shot in the leg uh, that Carnegie was. He's able to find all that strength to just give out everything he read from that book and then die at peace. And Carnegie will not die at peace at all uh, whatsoever. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That That's great. And that thinking of back on, uh, what's racy? Is it red? Redrick? Red? Redridge? 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 Uh, <laughs> Redridge. Uh, yeah, Redridge. Yeah. You know, we're talking about. You know, you could say you were saying he could end his life. He could. He could obviously. He Gary Oldman's nothing compared to Ray Stevenson, but uh, or Redridge. Uh, but he knows. I feel like Redridge obviously uh, knowing that he could end his life. You know, they have that relationship, that weird relationship. But he, I think it's because Redridge also knows that he doesn't have what. Carnegie, you know, both Carnegie or Eli have like he's missing something. He can't talk to the people. He yeah. knows he's stronger than them, right? Like he doesn't know how to use honey words. He, yes, he can't. He can't do what they both are somehow able to do. So he's stuck, kind of in this limbo in between. You know, both mm -hmm. of them. 
Yeah. That's kind of taking taking orders. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, my thought. But it also because like even then, yeah. like after Rutridge dies, there's a there's a heavy like beneath him, and he's he is shown early in the film. But once Rutridge dies and they go back to the town, that that the new heavy, he's basically loading a shotgun that blows his own head off. Oh, he's yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is falling yeah. apart. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, yeah. it and that's obviously because you know Carney he can't read the book and Carnegie is also dying. But I think that says so much about what Redridge brought to that role and how conflicted he was. To the layers underneath that, it's he wasn't that conflicted because he didn't do anything to stop what was going on. Right. But I don't. I think he's both that henchman, but he was also on the verge of being something more. Mm-hmm. He just didn't have. He didn't have the opportunity. I think in a different world, if he didn't meet Carnegie, he probably wouldn't have been that kind of henchman. Right. Um, yeah. That's... And I think that speaks to the layers of uh, Ray Stevenson's performance because he, he's very good in it for a role that, like you said, is kind of nothing to to an extent. Yeah. Right. There's not that's... much to it, but he does a lot with it is what yes. he does. Um, speaking of rest in peace, you know, another actor, Michael Gambon's in it. And I could, I had completely oh, yeah. forgotten that he's like, Oh, he's, he's the, the, the old, old guy with the, oh, <laughs> the old cannibal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it's funny because I also didn't realize until rewatching this because now I'm, you know, like older and I'm, you know, that the, the woman in that scene too, I don't, her name's like Frances de la Tour. She's uh, <laughs> Madame Maxine from the Harry Potter movies. So it's like a oh, little Harry Potter oh, reunion okay, in wow, that yeah. house. And like, Wait, okay, and this it's is Tom Waits. And He's Tom Waits. Oh, yeah, I'm Waits glad we mentioned Tom Waits. I got that shout out to Hayden. Tony Scott. <laughs> both Tom Waits guys. Uh, I forgot again. Forgot he was in this for that like yeah. one or two scenes he has. But I love seeing Tom Waits pop up and stuff because he's that voice and he's just so like unique yeah, i feel like special. it um but i i really great. had forgotten michael gambone was in. i didn't even i had told I, yeah and i didn't even recognize until it hit like uh, well he's also like covered under layers of like dirt yeah. and grime so it's yeah, not easy yeah. to parse him out. i had to look at the cast list and be like oh it's yeah uh jennifer beals forgot she was in this uh yeah. i like her performance especially the last scene she has with carnegie i think it's so that's good a, basically it's like scene. her big fuck you to She's like, eh, I kind of forgot. And then she's like, your empire is crumbling around you. Bye. <laughs> you know? The way she smiles when she's touching the brill. Oh, yeah, that's good. And, Man, like, yeah, and she's like, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, whoops. Oh, remember good luck. And I, wanna, I also want to give the praises a bit to the depiction, not necessarily the depiction of women, but the depiction of violence towards women. Because mm-hmm. there is a rape that they don't, that they kind of go out of focus on and they don't really show all the way. And then they do show that he is abusing her when he like pulls her hair and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily praising the fact that that is on screen, but like praising the fact that they they didn't go overboard with it enough to let you know what's going down, what's happening, but enough that like, but also like not going overboard with because there's there's very not easily exploitative. Exploitative, really. that's the word. Yeah, yeah. And I'm very glad that they went that route uh, instead of I think other films would have been a bit more, uh, as you said, exploitative. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. the fact that she gets that last little bit of triumph where it's like, you can't read it. Well, yeah, too bad. Bye, you know, <laughs> not, man, I'm not gonna like watching it this time. Part of me, I was like, I, I was like, man, I kind of wish she would have like dumped that light or the flame on him in the book or something like go overboard. You know, just like you just go all out, man. Just burn them, set them up. Get rid of them. <laughs> well, that's true. It's almost better, though, that like she says to him, like what you have, what you want. It's like right in front of you, but you right. it's, it yeah. might as well no, be a million miles away. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm being silly. Be more dramatic. No, no. I, I, she knows <laughs> the whole thing is going to shit. Like it's happening right. You know, it's all going to shit right then. So uh, that's great. I want to ask you, because I think the one thing I remember people talking about is Mila Kunis in this movie. 
I think a lot of people criticize. I got, I got a question mark next to her name for a reason, and that's what I was talking about way <laughs> earlier when I said, "Well, everyone." I thought that's what you were hinting at because I remember I even when it came it. out, people were like, "I don't know about Mila Kunis." I still I, don't know about Mila Kunis. I'm I still don't know lie. either. I'm mostly on board. I remember I had a friend who saw this with the theater, and one thing he was really mad about <laughs> was that man. I can't believe they're making her the next, uh, like the next Eli. That's so dumb. She has no training. And I was like, shit, you kind of have a point. <laughs> like, I don't know what training Denzel had, uh, you know, his character, but um, she's like, how is she just going to be like taking over? You know, well, I mean, they established she knows how to shoot. So like, I think at bare minimum, she can do that. But I also think that's part I'm willing to bet because I, I remember reading the script for book Eli years ago and something they don't show in the film, but they do show it well, while they talk about in the script is that he he worked at Walmart. So I'm pretty oh, wow. sure it's very easy to parse that uh, Eli picked up those skills on the way. Now, you might be able to say that maybe he was a vet or something, given his age. But at bare minimum, at least on the script level, you know that Eli was a Walmart employee. And I think years out on there, out in the wasteland, as it were, he probably picked up, you know, skill. He, he had to he had to survive. He's blind um he his, his senses are tuned all of that and so i think sure. with her it's probably about the same i mean as unfortunate as it is she does get uh sexually harassed nearly assaulted but she learns from that experience i mean i i will say up front that i i think she's fine uh definitely probably the weakest part of the film but she does her role well and that scene after she gets attacked and she starts crying like it, it it's it's wordless it's soundless what have you but it is, um, I think she sells that really well. And she sells, what is it? Like she's uh, being a fish out of, not fish out of water, but like very new to what the Bible is, what what yeah. reading is, et cetera, et cetera. But I think she has the capacity for it. But I, I, I do get where people are saying where she's the weakest link. And I agree. But I think in this wasteland, there's you have to be able to adapt to your surroundings. And Denzel, all of his adaptation is off screen. And I think with her, she gets enough learning and know-how to do well but you know she's gonna have a lot more to do but i also don't think that's really important because she's just gonna go back to that town and regardless of the state of that town you know it her, her journey is her own journey but the journey of the point of this movie eli's journey that's over you know so i don't know if it necessarily matters and you know we didn't get a sequel so I think we're, I think we're fine. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember saying like, we don't know what kind of training Eli had. So I don't know. Like she's, right. I guess, capable. I think she's really good in the scene when she first goes into Denzel's cell and she's kind of like pleading, especially when she's like pleading with him to not be thrown out. Mm -hmm. Like she's like, please let me, I'll sleep on the floor. Like I'll just stay, like, let me stay here. I think she's good in that scene. And then like the silo scene when she's like got the, she's very like the, the curiosity about like, you know, because she doesn't know about any of this stuff. She's like, what's tell me something Bible, read me something, you know? Um, yeah, I think she it's it's tough though when you're against like Ray Stevenson and Gary Oldman and Denzel Washington were like kind of like powerhouse type of actors almost, you know. And then yeah. uh, and all of and, her capability yeah. is it, it's it's not um it's not as highlighted, but it's there. You know, he locks her into the well, uh, mm -hmm. but she finds a way out. Uh she knows how to shoot a gun, you know, she uh she blows up the convoy at the end. She takes the grenade out. So like, she's totally <laughs> capable. Now, again, she might not be on Eli's level, but like, I think they do more than enough to set her up. Now, her actual like moment to moment acting, like I said, it's fine. And she's stacked up against, you know, seasoned, seasoned people. Um, that's probably the, uh, that's, 
<laughs> probably yeah. the biggest issue I think is that you know having to like play opposite you know you're playing sitting next to Ray Stevenson sitting next to Denzel yeah. Gary, like all these people that are like high level actors and not not that she's not a, a great great actress or, or whatnot but yes it is she's doesn't do that like that she was on a sitcom for a while like she wasn't doing these kind of roles and so yeah it's it's tough to like obviously i don't want to dog on her and say oh garbage it is she's got <laughs> moments here and there that are fine but then there are moments where you're like oh wow that feels a little you know like a reaction to somebody or where she's like what and you know it's just like oh that, okay like i think yeah i ultimately i think she does the role as well as anybody could have right yeah yeah and as well I, I, she yeah. could have uh, that's yeah. the other thing right like I, <laughs> yeah. and it's again it's not necessarily anything wrong with her per se uh but i i think the only thing i'll say about the you know you're saying you know eli learned all this over of course we could we could throw all that out the window and just say hey man god is gonna make her a badass if she wants yep. but i'm oh, not gonna do that I'll, I'll, I'll just i won't do that but we could yeah. if we wanted to right you could do uh but i think that maybe there's just a little like yeah we're seeing little glimpses of her learning some things but maybe they didn't have to go so hard on that like final couple shots where she's just like badass you know like they're kind of like emphasizing how badass she is without maybe that's like it just point. kind of bumps up to yes. this next level all of a sudden where you're like, let her still just kind of be like, she feels too sure to me, <laughs> but not, you know, that she is now like, she's just embodying him hundred percent. Yeah. Whereas I you may have maybe, pinpointed it where it's like, they laid on kind of thick almost with like, look how cool. Yeah, but how else do you, how else do you end that? You know, you don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Like, I really yeah. don't. Exactly. I don't know. I can't tell the huge person what to maybe, do. I, I, I mean, yeah. yeah <laughs> pull back and don't even let her like, just uh, we're reshooting the movie at this point yeah i don't know like i mean because yeah we'd have yeah. to kind of think about like well do we even want to show her or what how do we want to show her that she's going to continue but maybe not show her like just you know what maybe i don't know i don't know I, i'd have to we'd have to sit down and write, yeah. write it, but. i mostly land on the side of i think she's fine i really yeah, don't I think it's, she's not, it's not like a oh it's not like a deal breaker or god i wish it's casted somebody else in that role it's not max said it uh, best Oh, guys, I cast it. Just cast somebody else. Jesus. Yeah, she uh, <laughs> pet peeve. Um, yeah, I just, it's it's totally fine. Plus, she was, I think, doing a lot around this time. Because this is like a year after getting to her Marshall. And mm-hmm. I think she's like getting into more. Her, I think her agents were working hard to get her and stuff. So, and mm-hmm. I, I've always liked Mila Kunis. I had a crush on her when I was yeah, younger. I, I mean, Teal Cassandra, I still have a crush on her. But I, it's like, so I feel like I have a soft spot for her. I'm like, you're doing good, Mila. It's fine. Don't pick on her, guys. Like, I remember telling my friend, I was like, leave her alone. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I like Mila. Um, so, yeah, I know she's always been the one that people will call out, I think, when I, they criticize the movie. I, I'm like, oh, I, I, Right, and I think it's like I said. If they, if you're gonna call someone out, they're gonna call her out because it's just she's the one who hasn't done as much, isn't on that level as all them, and so it's easy, <laughs> low hanging fruit, right? Like to say, yeah, oh, I mean, she's horrible. But she's even not Jennifer she's Beals just... have been acting for like almost thirty years at the point of book of exactly. you know, like so she's been around for a while. A while. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it was tough, probably a tough assignment for Mila Kunis, but I think yes. she does fine. I think she, she held her fine. own. Yes, exactly, um, exactly. I was gonna say. Something I was thinking about. This is just a there was a random like actor thing. Like I I know it's written into the movie, like you know him dying and whatnot from it at the end. Uh, but like so something in my mind was starting to pick at me. It was like how much did Gary Oldman play in like saying, "Listen, I got to get shot 
so I can like walk around on a cane and get into this performance and like give me some stuff to chew on, you know, like it just felt like like I was like, you don't have to get shot, but I know it's written, you know, it, it does tie into like you and you made it make a lot more sense too, even with the the back and forth of him and Eli at the end, you know. So it, it feels it feels better to me now. But at first I was like, that feels like something Gary Owen was probably just like, I need more to do, you know, like give me something so uh chew my legs so I can have a cane and add all this. <laughs> acting on top of you know. yeah yeah let me do um, my thing <laughs> um do you guys i can't think of anything else i would want to say i mean do you guys have anything else you want to say i don't want to wrap you up too quickly but if you have other notes or anything that we haven't thought about or talked about that um you want to have bring one up? question yeah. yeah uh speaking of like twists or plot twists or reveals do you think that, do y'all think that the him also reciting it from memory is also sort of a twist slash reveal because I, I when i first watched it, i remember i thought he had I thought that he had been writing it, and so he oh. had another copy of mm-hmm. it, and was just going to be like, "Here, this is it." But with him reading it, you know, that plays back to him reading it to himself every night, you know, and like. I I never considered it a twist or reveal. I think that's one of those like if you, given it's a cool thing, cool thing. But given his character, he's that devoted that he reads mm-hmm. it, and it's the only book that he has. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, who knows how long he's been walking? But like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think. In, in, in an authentic realistic scenario i say realistic but let's say authentic if you if if he's been doing that for let's say the last 10 years that that's be nice and say 10 years he's at mm. least been doing that then yeah i think uh i think you could there's a decent chance you could probably memorize that now that's this is the bible we're talking about that's not exactly a uh storybook but no. yeah. Read, yeah but it's a lot you, you of words every day yeah. yeah. <laughs> you read it every day like he has and as you're as devout and as of faith as Eli is, then yeah, I think to uh extent, yeah. But I never considered it a, a twist or reveal. I think that's sort of the natural extension. That's how much mm-hmm. his faith in his mission has like done to him. He's like, Yeah, this is it. And yeah. he Yeah. Yep. I agree. I really it, think of it like a twist or reveal, just like another thing i don't know that's like this other... this dude is in it to win it this yeah. is for real uh okay so sorry i'm the guy who has all the things another thing that i was like <laughs> bouncing around in my mind at the end, very end also was and i i haven't i can't i can't i want to see if y'all can like help me form a thought about it but like if it has anything like whenever he's he's reciting it back to malcolm mcdowell right do you mm-hmm. think it has anything to say about like what we might lose in the, like this game of telephone you know because he's like make sure you write it down precisely like on the fact that the, we're already taking the Bible from centuries and centuries ago, like how much has changed from each, you know, translation, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. What are we even getting that was originally like, you know, like there to begin with? It doesn't, I don't think there's anything really there, but I just it started getting in my mind, like what is Malcolm McDowell writing? How is he going to actually get it all right? You know, like this is now a new translation. What do we lose it possibly? You know, so I it's think like, it's fair to yeah. say it's it's Malcolm McDowell is transcribing every word for word, and I think uh, Denzel is reciting it as I think he's reciting it word for word from memory. I would I probably say that there's probably not much going on with the reading, other than the fact that if you look at the context of the film, so they live in a post apocalyptic society, water is gold more or less. Uh, they don't have money they trade so you flip it 
and you reverse it like Missy Elliott <laughs> and you, but you, you put them back in uh, the model, the Neolithic period, you know, they're, they're cavemen. They don't mm -hmm. have, they don't have money, no concept of money. Uh, maybe water isn't as uh, scarce, but like scarce, sorry. But uh, the, the world is, man hasn't yet created capitalism to fuck everything up, so to speak. That, that That's not really what's going on here, but um, so they tell each other stories. They're, they're, he's an orator, um, and he's just telling the story to be passed down. And in this instance, I think you know he has read this book every day for however long he's been traveling, and he's doing what we used to do, how we used to tell stories. He is telling him about this book, this story. And in this instance, I do think that Eli, as I said earlier, he is recalling it every last word down to the you know the finest detail. But I think that's sort of the reverse of what we used to do, where we used to tell stories and then you go tell someone and they, they tell the next person and then they change over time. But in this instance, I think it's the original story being told through Eli, through a man of faith. This is the Bible. This is what it was uh, from the first word to the last word to every letter, et cetera, et cetera. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> no, that makes total sense. It does. It does. I yeah, I, yeah. And, I, and I, yeah. I guess I, I was going to I was going to, I guess I wasn't really, yeah. Like I said, that's why it was just a random, but I wasn't necessarily questioning that he wasn't reciting it. I, I felt like he was reciting it word for word and that Malcolm McDowell is reciting word for it. It just made me think about that mm -hmm. more than anything. Like how, what have we possibly lost in our own translations of the Bible? And like you said, you would hope that every translation was word for word, but I just, it makes me think of history now and how horrible it is seems to be and that how I feel like we are losing a lot of it and like getting bits and pieces taken out in chunks here, like in schools and whatnot. So it just, it's just a random deep thought by me. And it, I, and it just, it goes back to his character because he even says, you know, he found a friend, he forgot, he's was focused so much on the book on just getting to his destination that he forgot to help people to, you know, learn to live amongst the ruins as it was and in reciting that in having that knowledge he therefore has he doesn't have the burden anymore of having to physically carry the book hmm. now he can make a friend and uh so, is it solara so, solara solara Solar. he gets to make a friend in solara and regardless of whether that book gets used for ill or gain that book still ends up somewhere else for people to use it and for it for something to grow out of that so he takes his book the book with him on his journey and that book goes elsewhere and in the in the interim of that he still gets to you know meet friends make connections and and also die <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's all of it I, I thought the whole idea too of I mean, we're kind of talk about this right now but like the whole idea of too of like so few people can read still mm -hmm. is interesting and how like big a loss that is and like that how powerful that ability is in this in this society like uh it was funny i remember again so many memories from seeing this in theaters i mean i'm a friend being like why couldn't he find somebody else to just read in braille i'm like do you think he could really find somebody yeah. that who knows how to read let alone reads braille in this society he's like <laughs> and, and plus he was dying <laughs> so how like how are you still friends man uh, I don't remember who it was. It was like in the group. Probably somebody that I don't talk to anymore, but there was a big group of us. I swear, it was like a big event to go see Book Eli for some reason. But um, yeah, I remember one guy being like, he couldn't find someone else to read Braille. I'm like, they could barely find anyone to read 
anything in general. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, what a weird criticism. And I was like, and plus he was dying. It was like yeah. part of honest trailers. Is this a real red? red it might be. An, it's the honest trailers. Yeah, guy, probably. Is. No. <laughs> also, <laughs> I uh, something I sense. do want to bring out, and I think I brought it up before. The world building is very good. They're not too. They give enough details about like that we as viewers can piece together about the world. So like we know they trade for water. Water is the highest commodity. In fact, I think it's even implied that people get drunk more than they drink water, mm. uh, which is kind of fascinating because I feel like alcohol would run out first, but what do you know? <laughs> you um, <laughs> but um, they, they they do such a great job of the world building. Uh, when he goes sees Tom Waits, the engineer, and he you know charges up his phone and he gives him all these little trinkets. He's got cat oil. He's got a rug, all, all those little things. And then they talk the about the KFC wipe. The KFC <laughs> wipe, because that's how they shower. Yeah. Um, and then they t the world before they talk about where no one, even him who was alive during the world before, even he's not entirely sure like what happened. We know, given the wasteland, that probably nuclear bombs were dropped. But who dropped them? Um, why were the books being burned? There's still questions on the ends of these answers, but like it's still doesn't fleshed matter. out. Yeah. What? Right. It's. Like, oh, I was gonna say, yeah, it doesn't like you were saying, or I think you said earlier too, like you're you're good with it all. I, you don't need to know. Like it, it yeah. does a great job of. It allows us, the mind us, to wander right. with it, with boundaries. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it leaves us yeah. with those questions, but we don't need them answered. To exactly. enjoy the story, just fun for you which to think about of, after yeah, the story, yeah. <laughs> like, which is part, part of the reason, writing. like why you, it, I think the idea of this being a TV series is a mistake. It's a, it, and why this movie is singular and it's the rare kind of thing we don't get anymore because it is the whole people are like, oh well, let's explain how the world got bombed out. Let's do that. that that's yeah. not you know you them finding Malcolm McDowell's Alcatraz library <laughs> is kind of incredible because that tells a story all of itself that Malcolm McDowell somehow rally people together to fucking save books in the apocalypse which on its face is a fascinating idea if they want to mm -hmm. do a spinoff i don't want a spinoff but like that's a fascinating <laughs> idea right. in itself that you know the world is gone and this lone crazy malcolm mcdowell guy's like you know what fuck it we need books i want books <laughs> <laughs> and he just books. and he just builds up a fucking library and then he with the intention because he even says it to you know help rebuild society in mm. some way form or another and that's such a fascinating idea for its own little tale but i don't need it because i get everything i need with just that you know yeah uh, yeah. yeah a lesser movie would have like uh, so many uh, explanations for everybody. so many explanations <laughs> so you many see a, a flashback like, to the bomb full flashback to this, the bomb like him have um, like some flashback to training or something you know like just weird right, goofy right. stuff thrown in there i almost would say a full like a flashback to pre-apocalypse but i i was thinking i didn't want to say that because then i thought it was like criticizing the terminator but that's not really michael bean telling the story it's almost like a flash forward because he's in the past <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and that well, works I, anyway that works say, because it's like Showing. But even then, like you only get snippets of that. Like you yeah, never see the full extent snippet of how he's living. It's not even really about how the bomb went down. It's like how this they're like, living like underground, how terrible it is. So that was a that, no, I'm not insulting that. But it was like the the worst version would have like right, yeah, Denzel like at Walmart, just like and then oh no, the bomb. Went, I don't know. Just like there's yeah. a cornier worst version that explains like way too much stuff, and we don't need to pencil in, color in all the every margins. detail. Like, yeah, just yeah. let it. That's that's and we've lost that a lot of movies too. Now every movie like has to be part of a franchise or has to explain everything. It's like has to just, set everything up for a spinoff yes, or X Y Z. Just self-contained, yeah. like yeah, yeah that's all the they word self-contained. 
Yeah, which they don't do as much anymore. It's like Book of Eli has stuff before Book of Eli. It's going to have stuff after Book of Eli. We don't need any like, but the movie works completely yeah. just as we it got is, the Book honestly. of Eli. Yeah, we but got. <laughs> you're saying it, what you're you got me thinking about how Terminator does it so well that like yes, sure, then they do do the thing bad and make salvation where they are showing you right all this stuff after, but oh yeah. Um, they're showing you little snippets that's not the story right like so like whenever like sarah connor's like having nightmares about judgment day right like it serves the story like it's it's for a reason like it's showing you why she's so messed up right and like when she's in the psychiatric ward like it's just giving you it's there for a reason in those movies too right like it's not and like michael beans the, his flashbacks if they were right. they're, they're just ptsd it's his memories exactly. of right yeah, being yeah. out there so like they had they serve a narrative function rather than just hey this is what happened yeah. um, and and not that gary would have couldn't writ, have written them in there in a good way and what but i'm, I'm glad he didn't and it, yeah. it works just as good like just don't yeah stuff. we just don't need it i do love all the little stuff about like bartering about how stuff becomes important that yeah would be like garbage like the wet naps people throw those away every day yeah. and then but it's like oh man i need some wet naps. they like just yeah there's I a good this. line about it in the movie i didn't write it down but it's something about yeah, yeah the key of the kfc away. wet naps he got really excited about that uh, yeah he was yeah, yeah. like and like denzel has some line i think like, he was like you wouldn't believe the stuff people like threw away i guess you know stuff that we didn't care about now would be as fresh yeah. i'm paraphrasing but like just that whole bartering system is interesting again kind of like fallout I feel like you trade stuff and fallout that's like here i'll sell you like mm-hmm. an oil can to get a weapon or something you know it's like um i don't know I, I do i do love all that world building that's not too over the top it's like just enough yeah. that's yeah um yeah still a really good movie just i had some different i thought about it differently this time than i'd ever thought yeah, in the past about I, the... I yeah i guess i didn't mean to come in making it sound like i hated the movie or anything i know i was i know you first, didn't. that first that first <laughs> thing was a bit of a ramble on my end i'm sorry i was just all over the place on that i wish we could edit that out kind of now like i was just like you know i don't edit james it's all gonna say it no. i know i know I, th- I, I think we made up for my my fumbles at the beginning <laughs> yeah uh, we're fine well, I, I hope i didn't come off too strong uh no just like the, not at all love we're all pro book of eli here that's the real take home i just yeah i had different criticisms i never really had thought about or had before but it was just i was like oh this is hitting me a little differently and yeah i can go back to kind of watching it being like okay here's a guy taking religion trying to do the right thing with it and guy doing the wrong thing with it and i mean i know people in my real life who are religious people who are like the best people in the world and i've met people who are some of the worst people i've ever met who were like hide behind religion and so yeah. you know it, it it is what it is um but uh but yeah i don't know anything else on book of eli before we wrap up or good movie go watch it if you haven't seen it in a while <laughs> there you yeah. go yeah I, I i hate to do it i got one last thing but it's real quick and it's not even it's not even a thing we don't have to talk about other than you made me remember when you were talking about her being sexually assaulted earlier by the two guys uh solara and then the great arrow through the dick which is yeah. the perfect punishment for that, right? Like, yeah. great. I mean, like, that's it. It's Robocop. That's a good shot. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just yeah. also just like the obvious, like, oh, he got shot to the dick because of what, you know, the sexual. Yeah. But he was and then it's do. a good, yeah. it's a cool shot when they show Denzel with the bow and arrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good, yeah. Just um, a hero shot. Yeah. Kind of a lot of cool stuff in Bucky Light. Uh, it's, it's, it's Denzel. still, yeah. And it's, it's a movie that I know is still remembered and talked about, but it feels like, not talked about enough. I feel like I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I uh, so yeah. Hopefully, uh, people rewatch it because of this episode. Hopefully, because yeah, it's a good one to revisit. So, and to Max's point earlier, I was I totally a movie that would be a Netflix movie 
Maybe you'd lose yeah. like Denzel and Gary Oldman and have some other guys in there, but like, yeah, it would not have eighty million dollars probably, and it'd be rich Netflix. You I know what? Know. I I take it back. If it is put on streaming, I could see it being Apple. Somebody not Netflix who would a little bury more prestige. Oh, yeah, a little just, more prestige, a little, little more bit. money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, but uh, or like now where it's Apple and they still release it in the theater, you know, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. a little more prestige, <laughs> a little more prestige. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's good. Good January movie. Another, yeah. another example against the whole argument of like January is bad for movies. Like not always, like not always no. bad. So, um, we yeah, Mothman prophecies. prophecies for January. Sorry, <laughs> Mothman prophecies. <laughs> Mothman prophecies. I, I watched that for the first time. I, oh. I enjoyed it. Okay. It wasn't. It wasn't the greatest thing. Seuss didn't like it, which was fair. I I enjoyed it for the first time. I I yeah. I I, I it. haven't seen that since the theater. I have never Chapstick. seen that. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're both talking at the same time, and I was like, I hear Mothman prophecies. In yeah, that. Like, I, mean, I heard it. Never seen it. Never seen it. Maybe one day. Um, but uh, yeah. All right. Well, Book of Eli, good movie. That's yeah, good movie. Good time, <laughs> conclusion. Um, okay, so I guess I'll let you guys plug stuff. James, do you want to go ahead and plug where people can follow you? Uh, yeah, you? man. My one and only plug at TJ <laughs> underscore Mackie M A C K E Y four three two. That's on Twitter. Uh, that's the only place I ever am. I don't, I just don't, you know, whatever. There's too many places and not enough time. And yep. I got to stick to there until it shuts down. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> um, Max, where can uh, people follow you and any shows you're going to be on anytime soon you want to plug? Uh, I'm going to be with Lindsay here, not next week, but the following weeks so around the 18th. We'll be doing an episode of uh, Schlock and All. Uh, I'm sure I'll probably be making other appearances like on Waffle Press or uh, A4E again. Uh, if if not uh, in front of the camera, at very least behind the camera. But uh, yeah, you can find me on basically any social media, uh, ODST Spartan, um, some variation of that. But if not, just type in Maxwell Deering. I'm on Twitter. Uh, I run the A4E Discord. If you want an invite, just let me know. Uh, Twitter, A4E. I have a Reddit uh I have a LinkedIn. I don't know why I'm plugging this at this point. That's a useless <laughs> site. But hey, maybe someone will hire me if they listen to this. Hey, um, but uh, yeah, no, you can find me on social media. Some variation of ODST Spartan. Uh, but just type in my real name, Maxwell Deering. And uh, yeah, I'm usually I out and about. Yep. Get a Halo fire team going. Yeah, I still play. <laughs> I actually re-downloaded Infinite uh, a couple days ago because they put out the Spirit of Fire season. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that armor goes hard. I remember that. Yeah. So <laughs> I just played through the whole series and I infinite is the only one I haven't replayed through yet, but I just replayed through the, all the rest of it. I need to, now that it, I know they added campaign replayability of, I don't know, last year or whatever, finally, but yeah, I got to do yeah. that now. Cause I know you couldn't at first, you know, you couldn't replay yeah, it's missions for a while. No. I haven't touched the campaign since I beat it, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big halo guy. So uh, yeah. yeah, I am the that's that's my franchise. I always appreciate your name. I was like, okay, another Halo yeah. guy, good, good. Yes, yeah, like, I need I've to replace some. I've thought about changing it. I was like, no, it's been that way since I had any type of social media. Just keep it. Like people yeah. will know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it works. Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess I could. I don't know if I should. <laughs> Lindsay won't mind. Lindsay and I are actually going to do a double feature <laughs> at some point on Tank Girl and Warriors of Virtue. Which is an oh, idea. Oh, gonna do it. Okay. Which cool. is an idea I threw out almost as a joke on Twitter, because uh, oh, both movies feature like kangaroo people, and I was like, <laughs> "There's some synergy here." Uh, Mid '90s <laughs> kangaroo people. I guess it was the times. Uh, but yeah, I think I'll talk to Lindsay. I was like, "I think we're actually gonna do this." 
So God bless them, T-Show. Can just do insane stuff like that. So, um, but uh, yeah, otherwise, we'll be back next week. It should be Predator. Uh, and uh, talk about some Carl Weather some more. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Film Feast Pod. Um, follow me on Twitter at MapLed87. Follow me in the podcast on Instagram. Film Feast, all one word. Um, and that's it. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.